Welcome back, Lumberjack fans. Hey, y'all. Dang. What a crazy season. It has been a wild one. We're, we're going to unpack all of that, but we yeah. know this is the much-anticipated end-of-season episode. The last Oh, boy. Yeah, so this will be kind of the last basketball-related podcast of 20... Well, this half of 2021, anyway. Um, we will, again, like I, we mentioned before, do a couple more um, SFA, just in general, podcasts. Uh, one about the WAC sometime soon, just in general, not just necessarily just basketball-related, but just, like, kind of a preview of the WAC from the SFA Athletics kind of standpoint. And then... The hope is to maybe make it out to a few baseball games as well, because I know Coach Cardenas has wanted us to come out for a long time and do some basketball podcasts or basketball or baseball podcasts. I'm sure we're going to make that mistake a couple times, um, which I love baseball and Jacqueline actually enjoys baseball too. So that'll be fun. So, you know, stick around for those. Hopefully um, get some new followers with our baseball fans out there that that love us but maybe don't necessarily listen to us all the time um especially nice baseball uh moms and dads on twitter they're uh they're wild love they're them, very active um, on twitter very active they're very active very very and they follow us still and they you know interact with us so excited for that see what that'll look like but anyway so we're just gonna, there's a lot to impact for this season and again just a wild season, but we're going to go ahead and get started. But first, what we're going to do actually is, is talk about the girls before we actually go into all the guy stuff. So, um, cause we just want to, we want to give some good props and some good shout outs to the girls, but also talk about, there's been a lot of uh, chatter on the social media spheres about how a lot of our fans and even, even people at SFA working in the athletics department, you know, I kind of feel like the ladies got snubbed a little bit. And I don't know, I can't help but agree just a smidge on, uh, on, on that as well. So, Jacqueline, let's get started with that. So, I can, I can see both sides, which is what's tough, because do I think... So, just to preface, let me, let me pull up the who actually got yeah. so, awards. Right. So, Stephanie Fisher... Uh, let me see here. I'm sorry. Stephanie Fisher, uh, Ayana Johnson, and, and Zaya Nugent all made on um, honors. So Stephanie received first team and mm-hmm. all defensive, uh, accompanied by Ayana and Zaya making an appearance on the second team all conference. Um, Johnson was also named all defense team as well. So they did get awards. Not saying that they or they, they got recognized. They didn't get any like individual awards. They didn't get like player of the year. They didn't get, you know, uh, defensive player of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, coach Kellogg did get coach of the year, right. which is well-deserved and way overdue. Um, but we're talking about the girls at the moment, the, the team. So those were the, yeah. those were the accolades that they got. They got no individual awards, even though they absolutely demolished the entire Southland 14. No, which I, I do feel like we could have gotten a player of the year. I feel like Avery could have gotten a freshman of the year. Um, I feel like Definitely. I feel like Alyssa and Marissa both could have gotten, you know, one of the team, one of the 
conference team awards. So do I wish we would have gotten all of those? Of course. But at the same time, like it's the head coach and the SID from each school voting on these things. So when we're, when we're so much better than all the other teams in the conference, like we can't expect for them to vote for us to, for all five of our starters to get awards. Like we just, it would be lovely, but you know, there's going to be some bias there and they're not, they're not going to give, they're not going to stack that many awards on one team, no matter how good we are. Like, it's just, they're just not going to vote for that. I wish they would, but you know. No, and I I agree. They're they're not going to do it because they're going to be, you know, again, like you said, it's it's all the head coaches and you can't vote for yourself, obviously. Um, And it's all the SIDs. So, I mean, it's just, it stinks because yeah, like, you know, do we feel as fans that they got snubbed on a bunch of stuff? Like, yeah, we're probably going to feel that. <clears throat> but when you look at it logically, you know, with a sound mind for two seconds, you realize, yeah, like there's no way that all these coaches are going to choose the team that just whooped their ass by like 40 points. You know, they're going to be a little bit salty about that. So, yeah. And not only that, I mean, they're just not going to I just feel like they're never going to vote <clears throat> for five starters from one team to all get awards. Right. Out of 15 spots, they're going to give five all to the same team. Like, it's just not going to happen. Right. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and and I think that Stephanie should have probably got player of the year. I mean, personally, yeah. I I mean, I I think that she was probably one of the best, if not the best players in the Southland. But – Again, like you said, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna give us all these awards. They're they're not. They're they're you know whether or not they were the coaches and all them were being petty about it, I, that remains to be seen. But you're they're not gonna stack us. You know, they're just not. Even if that you know, it stinks. Should they have gotten more? Yeah, I feel like I mean at least one of the individual player awards. I mean whether it been freshman of the year or new car of the year or you know, player of the year, would we have gotten all of them? No, I wasn't expecting that. But at least one one of them would have been sufficient. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do agree with that. Well, they could have given us a little bit on that. But then I, I, I do completely disagree with anyone saying that it's because they're salty that we're leaving to go to the WAC because the other three Texas schools got a lot of the awards too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then also the same thing for the guys on the other side too. It's just like yeah, you know, uh, we didn't for the for the guys we didn't get any individual awards, just on first team, second team, third team, et cetera, et cetera, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, and I mean, even, we were, I was going to mention Ryan's comments. Like Ryan Ivy, our athletic director, even made the comment that you know because he was seen as like. Um, again, whether or not this is true or not, we're just reporting what was said. Basically saying that because he was the catalyst, quote unquote, of the Texas Four leaving the Southland, which I don't, I, I don't, that's what he's been like said as. I don't know if that's how accurate that is or why people would say it was him. It was just him. I don't know. Uh, but because of that reason, that that's why all these, you know, snubs on on awards and stuff. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know why that would be a factor in it. Yeah, I just I don't see I don't see that being it because, like I said, I mean, ACU, Sam, and Lamar all got 
a bunch of awards too. So yeah. So I mean, whether or not that may be true, or that was any sort of like a bias in the voting while the while the, everybody was voting for all the awards and such remains to be seen. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I, we will never know because we're not in the room. We don't know people's motivations for how they vote. No idea. Um, well, I just thought it was very, very interesting. That yeah. was the comments that were made. <laughs> very interesting. Um, and I was trying to find... Oh, that's what I wanted to mention. What do you think? And this is where I was kind of more upset. I wasn't necessarily upset too much about the award stuff because at the end of the day, like, I'd rather us perform on the court rather than getting an award. I yeah. mean, it's not necessarily about individual accomplishments. It's more about team success, in my opinion. Obviously, individual accomplishments and getting awards are fantastic. And, of course, that's what a lot of people like to see because um, <clears throat> it's like a tangible thing. Uh, and winning championships and winning trophies are tangible things. Yeah. I get that. And, of course, I mean, we're, we're the Southland Conference champions. Like, you can't take that away from us. Our girls rose the trophy. They won. You know, that's a tangible you know, marker of their success. Anyway, um, but what I was a little bit perturbed about was the fact that we are still being snubbed on a top 25 ranking, top AP. I was like, ah, that's uh, just kind of like gut check. I was like, dang it, man. What do we have to do? We are so close to getting in that top 25. Like literally they gave us 34 votes. And I was like, "Mm, damn it. Like, what do you have to do compared to these other teams that are out here with losing, you know, conference schedules? I don't know. I know. I think, I mean, it's always, and this is one thing that I think people need to bear in mind about us moving to the WAC is that it is a little bit bigger and tougher mm-hmm. of a conference um, because, you know, we say that every year. Like, it's it's just tough getting recognition in the Southland because there are a lot of, there are a lot of weak teams in the Southland. There are a lot of strong teams, Absolutely. but there are a lot of weak teams, too. And so, really, realistically, our our schedules are not ever that difficult. And so, if you want to get any kind of recognition on that kind of stuff, it's not going to come. It's not going to come from even getting, you know, a few years ago when when the guys were eighteen and zero in conference, we didn't get ranked in the top twenty five because people are like, okay, you beat southeastern Louisiana, good job. Like, not that hard, you know. Um, So you have to. If you want any kind of recognition like that, you have to play some big teams in preseason and actually compete and do well. And, I I mean, I know the ladies did have, you know, their one big preseason non-conference win um, against Auburn, right? Uh, Yeah, I believe so, yes, yes. They could beat Auburn, yes, yes. But this was was a really tough season to be able to try to do that. So, you know, um, I I mean, I I I know that Kellogg was trying to schedule – games like that and the ladies delivered on that game but that's that's one you know we just didn't have much of an opportunity to play very many um big games like that to really prove ourselves so maybe next maybe next season and that's any season i mean but this season especially too because of covid like i feel like trying to schedule big games against sfa is hard anyway it totally totally is and that that's a good thing to mention too, because people who you know want to get fired up about that don't understand how how difficult it is to try to schedule those big games because nobody nobody wants to travel to Nacogdoches to play again. We're two three hours away from the nearest major airport. Like it's not just easy to get here, 
And vice versa, even if we get, you know, scheduled for a buy game for a school, we have to pay a bunch of money to travel to them. So mm-hmm. it's just not that easy. And it, it, you're absolutely. And then hope, but hopefully, you know, us moving into the WAC, that will help a little bit. Um, not saying it'll be like immediate fruits of labor. Like it may right. take a call season for people to kind of like, oh, like SFA, like, you know, but then also at the same time though, not necessarily like the, on the girl's side, but on the guy's side, even specifically, you know, there's a lot of schools that maybe they're like, you know, yeah, we'll play you. But at the same time, they're like, oh, fuck no, you just beat Duke. Like, we're not going to be in like travel yeah. to your home and then us get our ass kicked in your home. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of teams that don't want to play us, like big schools that do not yeah. want to play us. And then now and then now they don't probably won't want to play the ladies either because of how they're just absolutely demolishing people in these games, you know, they upset Auburn, they 14 and 0 in conference, absolutely destroying people by like 30, 40 points, you know? So it's like nobody actually, regardless if it's hard enough to get to us, which it is, I mean, that's one barrier, but the other barrier, another reason is they just don't want to come to Nacogdoches and to the sawmill and get embarrassed. Well, I mean, we almost beat Alabama yeah. almost by like a few points in, you know, a couple seasons ago in the sawmill. So it's like, yeah, that's and that's Crazy. the that's the lose lose of it is if, <laughs> yeah, if you sure. do well enough, then people don't want to play you again. Like when we went and beat uh, LSU at LSU, that was supposed to be a two year deal, and then the next year mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, we'll pay you, but we're not going to play you again." Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. And then of course, like with the whole Duke situation too. Again, something we'll never forget <laughs> as long as we live. Uh, it's the same thing. Like, I don't foresee Nuke, Nuke, what is, what is Nuke? Duke <laughs> knocking down our door anytime soon for us to come play them again. It'll never happen again. No. And you see this season, obviously this season's kind of like an <laughs> asterisk because of COVID stuff. But I mean, we were supposed to, we were supposed to go play Kansas. That didn't work out. That was and the it, biggest bummer. It really was. After, oh my God. After March Madness not happening last year, that was the next biggest bummer. It really was because that was something we could look forward to. Twice you know I, I missed mean? out on a Kansas trip. Twice. Twice. Twice because of Jeez. Yeah. yeah, because of various reasons. But it's just it's just it's very interesting to me. So let's I'm gonna be very kind of interested to see how moving forward in the whack how our scheduling um, kind of plays out, especially in the non conference games. And and obviously too with the whack and like seeing how uh, we're gonna do like the divisional stuff because you're you know obviously we'll have the southeast division which has six teams and then the south division or the west team or southwest division with us and then the west division with the seven teams how that's going to work and like what crossover is going to happen and then you know the in conference play do we play each team twice and then what what out of conference games are we going to play so it's just going to be very interesting to see how this the scheduling and all that kind of really falls into place um obviously heading into next season and hopefully by that time by the beginning of this coming season 2021 2022 our you know our new performance center will be built and done fingers crossed there's no major delays knock on wood yeah. um you know because it would have already been done like i like covid major factor the fact that we've had major snowstorms and, and yeah. hurricanes uh you know that's been a factor in delay and then, of course, you know, like I said, COVID was a big delay, too. So it's just, you know, that should have already been done. But thank you, crazy epidemic and natural disasters. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So anyway, anyway, 
cannot wait for the girls. I cannot wait to see what they do. We, we found out just actually a couple minutes before we started recording that the it turns out that the Sugar Bears uh, upset Lamar, I believe it was, and that's the team that we are actually going to be playing on uh, tomorrow. tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah, wow, I totally, I literally just blacked out. Um, but that's the team we're playing tomorrow. And apparently, according to Caleb Beams, which is, you know, our, our boy, our favorite little uh, KTRE guy, uh, he said that the last time SFA played UCA was obviously this season, and SFA won both times, 85-44 and 82-59. Wow. I mean, I really want to honestly look at the betting line and money line to see if there's any, uh, what the money line is for this. Because, I mean, if you're talking about a sure, I don't want to say things like sure thing, but because there's always a chance. There's always yeah. a percentage chance of, of uh, upset there. The Sugar Bears have been upsetting so far, I think, this season or uh, in the tournament here. But, I mean, come on. Come on. That's like 40 point victories almost. Like, yeah. Anyway, so we're, so we're excited. Uh, we're actually not necessarily going down to the game tomorrow just because there's other things going on in our respective lives. But when we win tomorrow, knock on wood, uh, we will be going down on Sunday. So to see them host that championship trophy and to uh, go to the big dance. Celebrate. Exactly. So I just checked out ESPN before we move on. Uh, just FYI, you can watch the game tomorrow on ESPN Plus. It's at one o'clock for the girls, and uh, I'm trying to see if they have the. Oh, they don't have it up yet. Okay, I was gonna see if they had the uh, the percentage on there yet, like who they expect to win, but they don't have it on ESPN yet. Well, bugger on you. <laughs> Rude. Rude, rude, rude. Anyway, all right. Well, it'll be okay. No problem. All right. So that kind of wraps up the girl stuff. Let us actually move on and talk about what I'm sure you're probably here to hear is the guys season overview. The wrap up of everything. So we're going to go over the season overview. We're going to talk about the season best and worst. We're going to actually talk about the awards, talk about, uh, the leaders in each of the different categories talk about some super superlatives, random ones that we kind of came up with, and then a few other things. So buckle up, Jacqueline, take it away. Okay, so first, just starting off, I'll give a little like cumulative season overview um, of kind of what we had. So our our overall record was sixteen and five. Um, we did on the. Overall, the season, we had eight games canceled. Three were the Mohegan Sun tourney. Uh, three were non other non-conference opponents. And then two were conference games. Um, so, on our overall, I'm, I'm only going to list out here the games that were not – that didn't count as conference games so that when I get to the conference schedule, I'm not repeating myself. Um, but we won against Letourneau, McNeese, which I know McNeese in our conference, but that wasn't counted as a conference game. Um, right. LSU, Alexandria, Midwestern State, and then we lost to Baylor and University University of Louisiana Monroe. Um, then our conference schedule we ended at twelve and three, so we won against UNO twice, UCA twice, Incarnate Word, Northwestern twice, Lamar, Sam Houston twice, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi twice. 
Um, so our three losses were to ACU both times and then uh, Lamar there. So on the overall, we had we had two games postponed that were then made up, and we had only two canceled completely. So we actually ended out like pretty well on number of conference games we got to play because um, it's about average. We we finished with 15 conference games. And the most that anyone in our conference had was 16, and the least was 14. So it actually evened out pretty well. Everybody played, you know, pretty much the same number of games. Um, okay, because <clears throat> that's what I was going to ask your opinion on this to see, like, I'm glad you did add that in there because, you know, a lot of people are saying that all these other teams had so many more games play, and that's why, you know, we were 16 and 5 instead of, like, 20 and whatever it is. <clears throat> But do you think that us having eight games canceled really affected our chances of winning the regular season title? I don't simply because – so you could make the argument that we did miss out on – because in conference, we played the same number of games as everybody. You know, we played yeah, the same number – yeah, exactly. yeah, we played the same number of games as ACU, and we played one less game than uh, Nichols. But Nichols had an okay. easy schedule, so yeah, what does that matter? That's irrelevant. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess you can make the argument we didn't get as much games, like, in preseason to kind of practice it out. But mm-hmm. as far as conference slate, like, no. I mean, because we ended up with the same number of games. It would have been nice to have more preseason games, and had we grown a little bit more, maybe. But mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, because I just, you know – Again, social media chit Yeah, yeah, and no, definitely. And people that's... Are saying, yeah, people are saying that if we wouldn't have lost those two conference games, the two that were canceled completely, the ones that weren't made up, say we actually played those, I mean, that obviously, yes, would have made a small difference because we would have won those two and we would have, you know, been a little bit maybe higher in the rankings. But at the same time, people had other games canceled too. So, I mean, exactly. we're not the only ones that had yeah. games canceled. Yeah, we, you know, end, I would love, we ended yeah. up with the same number of games as everybody else, so everyone else lost at least two to three games, you know? So. Yeah, and, that, and that's what, I'm, yeah, and that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, make it very clear is I don't, I don't think that the fact that the eight games that we lost completely <clears throat> um, <clears throat> made a huge difference because other schools in our conference had similar amounts of games completely canceled, too. Right, so, and, the, and the outright conference champ is only based on the conference um, correct record, yeah. and we had the same number of games. So we had the same number of opportunities. Yes, and that's what I was getting at yeah. in a long kind of turnaround yep. that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, you're spot on. So, <laughs> yeah, and so, again, so the ch- ch- chatter on the socials of, oh, we would have just had those eight games, uh, da, 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 you know, after we sat down and like looked at the schedule and then compared it to other teams, we realized, well, just pop the brakes there just a smidgen because it looks about we're average about with everybody else. Like the only reason, yeah. and I'm <laughs> Nichols is freaking first and they had number one seating in the conference tourney and they won the regular season title. It's because of their cupcake schedule, and I will. That is the hill I will die on, and I think Jacqueline may die on that. Yeah, too. no, that one I would definitely cite that because if if you're mm-hmm. only playing one of the top other four teams, but yet they're all playing each other, like yeah, mm-hmm. that put like, us at more on. of a disadvantage than anything else. I mean, come on, come on, and 
And if you look at their path in the in the tournament, you know, they're not even playing ACU or Sam Houston. Well, of course, Sam's not in it anymore. They got a bit last night by Lamar, which is a whole nother ordeal. But say, say for example, like if you look at the bracket, they're not even, those are teams they don't even have to worry about playing until possibly the very Well, yeah, last because they're they're game. all the top seeds. So yeah, they are exactly. Gonna... So they don't even have yeah. to they don't even have to worry all they have to do is sit back and wait. And Sam just got knocked off. So now their biggest roadblock at the moment is ACU. Yeah. And that is that it, that is contingent upon ACU even winning their game and getting into the championship game. We'll find out. Championship yeah. game is tomorrow. We'll find out. So yeah. we'll see we'll see who wins tonight. Tonight's their games. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, what are It'll the be interesting. So, well, maybe Northwestern will upset Nichols tonight. I doubt it, but maybe. I would absolutely <laughs> love that. Uh, we shall I would see. Love that. I would love that journey for them. I really would. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that Abilene will beat Lamar tonight. Uh, but I'm sure, I don't know. Lamar beat and upset Sam Houston. I mean, and they upset us. So, at this point... You know, it's the conference tournament. Anything is possible. No, we've seen true. it happen. You know, we've seen us come from being, what, like fourth or something one year and like literally biting and clawing and scratching our way to the championship game and then winning the championship game. So, I mean, it's it's possible. It's yeah, totally possible. It is. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, we'll see tonight. We'll see what happens. All right, cool. So, let's move on to the season's best and worst. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of these that Jacqueline and I definitely agree on, and that just kind of goes to show that, A, our brains are in the same place. Um, but, yeah, so first one is best win of the season. Jacqueline, what were you thinking about that one? Okay, so we we did say the same answer on this one, but I will say even some of the ones that we answered the same, like I feel like our our all of Reasons. our reasoning are going to be a little different. But, um, gosh, right. I, I said Sam Houston at Sam, which – I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but obviously that's a huge rivalry win. Always a great day to beat Sam. Um, but for Agreed. me, I think it was more like the best win because after we took that L to ACU at home and knowing that we were taking our postseason ban, it was like, I was just like, this is going to go either one of two ways. Either the guys are just going to be like, well, what's the point? Okay. Yeah. Like, let's just get it done. Don't really care and kind of be dejected or they could come back and be like, no, we're going to win this one. And they a thousand percent came back and were like, no, we're not leaving Sam Houston with an L we are going to win. And we actually had a really good fan turnout too. Um, yes. So I feel like it was just a really special last game since, since they knew they weren't going to have anything else beyond that. Absolutely. And I agree with, and I agree with you. And that's why I said Sam Houston at Sam for sure. It was our best win. And for a lot of the reasons you just said, agree with hundred um, percent. And also just because of the fact that it's Sam Houston, like literally anytime we can beat them in any sport, like I'm so happy about it. So always, it's always a great day when we beat Sam Houston. It always is. And I agree with the fact that you said that I think, cause we even talked about it. We even talked about it in the podcast. I was like, there is going to go, this game's going to go either one or two ways. Either, like you said, they're going to be still so upset because of the ACU last-second loss that they're literally just going to go to this game and be like, we have nothing left to play for. 
with that mentality, even though they did, like they had this game to play. There was one more game left. They did have something to play for. It's a rival game. But they could have said, like, well, we're not going to postseason. Fuck it. We're done. Like, we're over it. Done. Yeah. But, but I also think that they did have, and then we didn't know this, but obviously Coach Keller's post-game kind of speech in the locker room really kind of, you know, uh, gave us a glimpse into the uh, – the mindset of them because they had that very emotional, like come to Jesus kind of meeting uh, after their shitty practice, you know? And a lot of times, yeah, of course your practice isn't going to be great. You just lost to ACU in the last second. Like you're not going to want to practice. You're not going to want to, you just, you're out of it. You're done. Um, But then they had that emotional, I think come together moment. And I think that really helped seal the deal for it. If they wouldn't have had that, like, let's just let it all out and talk and cry and get emotional and share kind of meeting. Um, I don't think that the result would have been what it was to be honest with you. So, cause you, you want to, you, you know, you want to play for each other. You want to play for your coach. You want to play for the fans, you, you know, especially against a rival game. So yeah, that, that win was so sweet. It was such a sweet win, beautiful win. So Agree. Love it. Mwah. Chef's kiss. All right, next one. Uh, worst loss. So for me, and again, this is another one Jacqueline and I agree yeah. on, pretty much spot on, and I'm sure our reasons are probably pretty similar. <laughs> uh, it was the AC, ACU loss at home, 100%. Like, it stung so much. For me, Lamar was a runner-up just because it was such a hard-fought loss. Um because it went into two overtimes and yeah. it was like a gut punch. Because again, it's Lamar. They're at the bottom of the pack. You weren't expecting them to come up and, you know, beat our, to, you know, kind of yeah. upset us in the last seconds of the second overtime. But definitely that ACU home on senior night. It, oh God, what a gut punch. The last second tip in layup at the buzzer. Oh, we even, again, talked about it in the podcast. Like imagine our elation and feeling of the last second tip in at Duke. And then flip it. That's how we felt that yeah. night. Was absolute and utter, just like, just like, wanted to throw up. Our stomachs were churning and hurting so bad for them. Like heart hurt. Oh God. It was, it was, it was hurtful. It really was. It was, but yeah, I, I a thousand percent agree. ACU and then Lamar was runner up, but the, the ACU one was just, man, it was sad. It was rough. You never want to see the seniors lose. No. A senior night, we'd never lost to ACU at home. Um, after the first run-in we had with them and the wheels just fell off and then everything that continued on to the end of that second meeting and then to lose, it was just... Yeah, if you want more kind of insight on how we felt about that game and all the stuff that had happened with that game definitely just default to that podcast you'll you'll get an airport yeah. we don't have to we don't have we don't have to rehash it yeah because i'll just get pissed off again so um all right next one so we had only three trips this season usually we have a lot more but again because of covid and all the, the, all the other crap we were only able to do three so what was your best road trip experience overall so including trip driving food, game, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so for me, the best one overall was Northwestern. Um, and that was kind of for a lot of different reasons. I just really personally, if you know, you know, I needed I needed an outing, a social outing that week. <laughs> yeah. 
to lift my spirits and save my sanity. So um, it, it was really nice. And then the, the fact that I got to meet up with one of my best girlfriends from high school who I played basketball mm-hmm. with all through high school, um, that was just awesome. And it was it was really good. Catching up and seeing her, that's what I needed. And we got the win, and we got good Cajun food. And Natchitoches is just always nostalgic for me. So that was my number one. I did say runner-up for me was Lamar because uh, – you know, we had good company for even though we lost, the guys lost right. that game. The ladies did win, um, killed them girls. But uh, our company was good because we took Joey along and we met up with our friend Matt. So on the social yeah. aspect, that was a good, was a good yeah. road trip. And the ladies got the win. Just the guys was, you know, a bummer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I love that. And I, I, you, I'm so glad that I'm. I'm gonna not. I'm not gonna take credit for it, but I'm. I'm gonna say good on me for noticing my bestie needed a fucking trip because I was like, Hey, random. It was literally what, two days before. And I was like, do you just want to just go to Northwestern? We just need to get out of the house. I think you need to get out of the house. Let's just go. And you know, the funny thing is I had been thinking about it, but I just hadn't asked yet and wasn't sure, uh, if you'd Mm -hmm. be willing or available. So when you asked, I was like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Your, your text back was like immediate. Hell yes. Let's go. I'm ready. (laughs) Let's move. I'm like, Hey, all right, we can make it happen. And again, I, I love being able to do stuff like that. You know, if, if it was, again, that's one of the positives of COVID. There are not many. Yeah. But. <laughs> Got to get that silver lining where you can. Yeah. There are not many silver linings of the COVID pandemic. A hundred percent. But the one for me is the fact that I have been working for home, which I hate. But <laughs> silver lining is the fact that I can do travel and do things like this because there's no. You know, I don't have to wake up at the ass crack of dawn to like get ready and travel to work or do all this other stuff because I'm working from home. So, any I can work from anywhere with a with a Wi-Fi connection. So that's great. Um, anyway, all right. So for me, best road trip overall, I think was the Huntsville trip, and it's not necessarily because we went to Huntsville. Like, <laughs> fucking hate that town, but because of the fact that it was rivalry game, both teams won. And the food for me was good, which leads us into the next best worst was best food of the season was 100% for me, Potato Shack in Huntsville. Holy crap. I, it was a, again, there's not much I like about this town, but if we ever, and I'm sure we will much more because obviously they're coming with us to the whack, go to Huntsville. I, this was like a religious thing for me. I don't know. Like uh-huh. I had a, I had, a, I had a moment with that potato, and that potato meal. I, I don't think I took a breath. Like I inhaled <laughs> it. It was so good. It may have been the fact that I was so hungry, but I don't think. I think it was just that good for me. It was so good. I loved it. So if you're ever in Huntsville, definitely go to the Potato Shack. They have an awesome menu, cool little atmosphere. I wish we would have been able to sit on the patio, but it was reserved for a little party. But um. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I it enjoyed was. It. I, it was I, very I, good. I definitely want to go back 100%. Because they had so many different types of potatoes. I was like, yeah, <laughs> so many options. <laughs> yeah, there were so many options. I didn't even know what to do. So I just went to the, like, you know, I always love hot wings and chicken wings. So I was like, let me just go to that default. And it has to be good. So, and it was. So I can't wait to go back and try a different potato next time. So that was for me. Yeah, that place was very good. Um, I, I said for me, Natchitoches, uh, we went to Maglio's on the river, and I had 
two yeah. of two of my favoriteest things, three of my favoriteest things in the world. I had mini meat pies, crab cakes, and sweet potato fries. Yeah, and a drink with gin. So there you go. Uh, yeah, what no, more do you want? Not, the Natchitoches food was very good. I will say that. I mean, and, and the the atmosphere was great yeah until until the bird shit and danielle's martini it was all it was all great but still probably one of the most wild (laughs) things i've ever seen in my life is when i mean it this the circumstances just have to be perfect for that to happen that's i think the funniest part to me is the fact that you know it's it's not rare for just a bird to like poop on you because it happens a lot you know what I mean but the situation the circumstances had to be perfect for this bird to be sitting on the exact specific branch or flying above at the exact moment where she had her martini cup and it shit right in the middle I mean perfect shot I mean it's like he was aiming uh yeah it was it was wild the the things that happen only to us I feel like but I swear. Oh, man. All right. So, last one we're going to talk about is the uh, best home game atmosphere. So, what are you, what are you going for that one? So, I, I said the senior night up until the loss, of course, because I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. certain that's the biggest crowd that we had had. Um, I believe so. I think it, it was. I like it. Yeah. Um, and, again, despite the loss – like the the atmosphere before, I, f- I feel like we definitely had the most people. I'd have to fact check that, but I, I think it was the most people, and it was it was just a very good senior night atmosphere until we lost. But I agree. No, that was a great atmosphere, one hundred percent. So I said the uh, Sam game at home, just because uh, a again we beat them, so another, and yeah. that was also a night that the. Um, but the crowd was pretty heavy. Again, I, you're right. I'm not sure which crowd of the year was the most attended or what game of the year was the heaviest attended. I, I think both of those nights were almost about even, actually, because uh, I think I remember them saying something about a social distance sellout on both of those nights. So you'd have to check. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I think just, again, yeah. anytime we play Sam Houston at home, the energy is just kind of like palpable. Because everybody, everybody just knows. Everybody knows that Sam Houston's our rival. Everybody hates the Orange. Everybody hates the Bearcats. It's just like, you know. And th- there's also really cool, too, because a lot of times alumni will come in specifically for that game. Like, they all come in for the SFA at Sam Houston game at home. And so there was a bunch of people I knew that actually came in for the game. So, yes. Oh, I see your face. So the Sam one did have more people. Because ACU was 1636 and the Sam Houston was 1989. Oh, that's right. That I remember that because we had said that was like a couple people off of the actual like like 2000, I think, is the yeah. limit. Because it's like 50% capacity and our, our capacity is like four something and I think 2000-ish is like at capacity or something for 50%. So that, that seems right. Yeah. Okay. Now no, I know. So, now I know you are seeing my WTF face. Now, yeah, you have a on our game by game list of stats by opponent by Lamar. It says W in two OT. Nope. Pretty sure we were there, and it was not a dub. What the oh heck? Boy. Oh boy! Whoever's in charge. Um, 
Oh, boy. I'm so... Oh, I guess they're saying for the opponent. Okay. Sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what? No, Her that is not correct. from like, yay, oh, yeah, Sam Houston had the most people at the... Or we had the most people at the Sam game uh, at home. And then you went to like pure confusion and... I was about to lose my mind. Okay, anyways. You All were. right. All right. So, yeah. So, let's Back take... Our, the other best parts. Let's take a quick break before we start our next segment, which is going to be the most major stat sections of stat sections ever, possibly. (laughs) Yes. All right. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Jack fans. And Sean Kennedy, I know you're going to love this section because this is a section about nothing but stats. So many stats. Lots and lots of stats. Oh, my goodness. There's so much to talk about here. There's a lot to unpack. So, again, buckle up. It's all going to be them stats, baby. I mean, oh, my gosh. There's so many. So, we'll try to just kind of hit some high points um, because definitely don't want to be reading them all to y'all. But there's a lot. So, we'll start out with with the team stats. So... Total points we scored on the season was 1686, as opposed to our opponents, 1484. That's good. Uh, Points per game, we averaged 80.3. Let's see. So, our overall field goal percentage was 52.1%. We made 29.6 field goals per game. Three-point percentage on the year was pretty good, almost 34%, 33.7. Uh, free throw percentage was 68. I would love to see that higher next year, but we'll see. Uh, I will say that our free th- – okay, hold on. Our free throw percentage, what was it this season, 68? Mm-hmm. That's about on par with what it was last season. Our free throw percentage last season was 69, so about 70%. Okay. Not too far off. I would love to see it higher, but you know. Yeah. Well, oh, same, same, same. So yeah. I wanted to look and see what how we did compared to last season, just to like again make some comparisons. Um, obviously, the total points will be off because we played less games. So I'm not even gonna focus on that. Um, what was the field goal percentage from the season? Fifty-two point one. Okay, actually, that's higher than last season. Last season it was forty-nine. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna. Yeah. I'm going to attribute that to us scoring more points in the paint. Okay. Yes, probably. Agreed. Uh, what was the three-point percentage? Uh, 33.7. Ooh, this year was higher as well. It was 36. I'm going to put that with uh, Rotti, Cam, and David. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. And what about the free throw per game, though? What's that? 16.3. Yeah, six, it was 17.6 last season. So, just a little bit higher. higher last season than this season. Interesting, interesting. One more thing before we move on to rebounding out of shooting. What was our uh, three-point made attempted? We made 100 out of 297. Okay, yeah. And again, it'll be a little bit different just because of games played. But we attempted 494 last year and only made 179 what was the three-point percentage last season 
Thirty-six. Okay. Oh wait, then that's higher. Sorry, thirty-three point seven. Did I say something else? No, you said thirty-three. Yeah. Oh, so our percentage was higher last year. Yeah, thirty-six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or I don't know. You may have said it was something else. I might have mixed it up in my head. I, I'm just. It's okay. It's today. okay. It's okay. No, you're good. All right. So let's move on to rebounding. So rebounding. Total rebounds, 751. So per game, it was 35.8. What? Yeah. Oh, well, again, we had less games. Okay. I was sitting here like, what? Last year, we had 1,166. But again. Um, yeah. That's that's the tricky part is on this year, on as far as stats, you can really only look at percentages in comparison. You can't really look at numbers because. Yeah. Totally. Totally. What was, it, um, what was the comparison uh, between us and our opponents, though? Um, the margin was 6.9, so we had almost seven more gotcha. per game. Okay. Than, yeah. All right. That's not bad. Okay. Yeah, what not shabby. Sit. 331 on the season, so 15.8 per game. We, we, it was about the same last season, so last season we had 15 per game. Oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. They're pretty close. Okay, good. Um, so turnovers... Again, the total won't be uh, comparable since it's um, we have more games last year. But we had 349 total turnovers on the season. So, per game, it was 16.6. Interesting. Interesting. So, we, had, we played less games this year. Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. I'm stupid. Um, no, that's why I said it gets confusing. Um, yeah. What about uh, the per like, game? We had... We had we had so many last season. Again, we had more games. Okay, so uh, per game turnovers, what did you say it was? 16.6. Yeah, we had uh, 17.7 Okay, cut it down even a little bit more. That's nice. Right, right. Um, our, and, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and uh, what was the comparison per game to our opponents? Uh, 1.5, so 1.5 less than them. Yeah, ours um, was 3.9. <clears throat> from last season. Okay, cool. Uh, and then points off turnovers this season, we had 21.8. Right. Last season, 25. So, but again, can't really. Um, well, that's per game. So. Oh, is that per game? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, 25 from last season. Okay. So a little lower. That's all right. Lower. Uh, yeah. So total steals for the season, 199, and that averaged out to 9.5 steals per game. Last season, yeah, we had 324, but but it was per game uh, 10.5. Okay, so a Last little season. less. That's all right. Uh, on the season, right. 73 total blocks and 3.5 per game. Uh, last season we had 101, but again, more games. So that doesn't really matter. Uh, per game though, 3.3 last year. Okay. I'm not even going to read the attendance one cause that doesn't even really that's matter. Not even fair. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's not even fair. Um, but I would love to know what it was, um, versus our opponents though. Yeah, me too. Does it not say? Uh, oh, for that yet? Yeah, it does. Sorry. Okay, so for us, total on the season attendance was ten thousand eight hundred ninety-five, and our opponents was eight thousand four hundred fifty-five. So even still, even in COVID times, we still 
outdid our opponents. Yeah, by about uh, 25%, really. Yeah. Um, aye, aye, aye. Okay, so this next section will be a little little interesting. So it's it's the the game high um, in each category, like as a team. So like our our game high in points as a team was 102 against. Um, well, we actually had two, I guess, um, against Laterno and then against Lamar. Okay, Is that correct. Wait, let me see. Let me let me scroll to where you're at. Yeah, it is. Okay. So I guess we scored um, 102 on both those. Yeah. yeah. I just had to okay. check the Lamar one because I didn't remember that. But we did. Uh, now it's now the saltiness is kicking back in because remember we won by an even 30 points the first time we beat them 102 to 72. Okay, so right. yes, yeah. Game high on points was 102 points once against Laterno in December and then in January against Lamar. Um, the most field goals we made was 44 in a game against Laterno. The most field goal attempts was 70 against LSU Alexandria. Can I tell you real quick? Yeah. Last year, field goal attempts, the highest was 74 against Duke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best stat. Thank You're you welcome. for that. <laughs> Oh, that's the best. Um, oh, my God. I mean, that's a stat that I've never expected to see. No, but you love to see it, man. Love to see it. There's another <laughs> stat that Duke is on here for, uh, but I will wait yeah. until we get there. <laughs> not, not um, as positive, but still. Okay, go ahead. Highest three-point field goals made. Um, we had two different games. Uh, we had nine against Central Arkansas. We were just doing really good in January on the threes because uh, we made nine against Central Arkansas on January 13th, and then we made nine against Lamar on January 23rd, which was also the game that we scored 102. Interesting. Uh, last year, our three-point field goals made our highest was against Central Arkansas, 12th. Oh wow! Okay, uh, three. The highest three-point field goal attempts was twenty-seven uh, in that game against Central Arkansas on January thirteenth. Interesting. <laughs> uh, last year it was Louisiana Monroe twenty-nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, free throws made the most in a game was twenty-four against UNO. Uh, last year was 27 against HPU. All right. Uh, most three point, I mean, free throw attempts was 35 in that dreaded little game against Abilene Christian on March 3rd. Yeah. Well, last year was March 3rd, 2020, 44 against Abilene Christian. Oh my gosh. Okay, so first of all, March 3rd, not a good day for us. And we got to make free throws against ACU because they are a good offensive team, but obviously they're putting us at the line a lot. And again, that goes back to me harping on like how bad I felt for Gavin feeling like the last possession was on him to score. We had the the most free throws attempted in a game was that game. Like, yes, yes. Make yeah. any two of those free throws and we, we wouldn't have been in that position. 
Exactly. That's why I love going back over these stats and then even like comparing it to last year too, because I mean, you could see that again, there are some that are made the most because of games played and number those numbers. But like when it comes to this, like, yeah, you can't attribute that loss a hundred percent on Gavin's shoulders. So I hopefully somebody showed him this and be like, listen, we could have won this game miles ago if people had just made a damn free throw. 35 other opportunities. Correct. All right. Yes. Continue. Okay. Uh, rebounds the most in a game. We had 50 rebounds against Letourneau. Last year, same team. We had 53 against Letourneau. I mean, that's kind of expected. I, mean, um, it's, it's, I know it's Letourneau, so I'm not really yeah. like, the, yeah. But it is nice that, well, I mean, they've shown up on this list four times. We'll get there. But then there are a lot of other teams, and some of them – even, you know, in our conference and stuff on the list. So, anyway, um, most assists in a game was 27 against Letourneau. 23 against Northwestern last year. All right. Uh, the most steals was 18 against A&M Corpus Christi. Last year was 23 against Ellington Baptist. Uh, so, the most blocked shots, there were three different games that we got six blocked shots. So, one was against Midwestern State, one was Incarnate Word, and one was New Orleans. Last year, we had nine against Houston Baptist. Ah. Okay, so this one's a bummer of a stat, but the most turnovers we had in a game was 35 in the game against Baylor. Baylor. Oh, <laughs> do it. Oh. That's, that's so gross. So many. What was the wait? Hold on. Oh, okay. Never mind. I don't know. I don't know which one was last year. The year before, it was absolutely when we played Miami. I don't remember how many we had, but it was a lot. Oh, that was a lot. Yeah, that one was also extremely disgusting. I have to. I'd have to look back and see what it was versus Miami. But uh, most turnovers in a game was uh, twenty six last year, and it was Central Arkansas. That's yeah. That's bad. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Central yeah, yeah. Arkansas. I mean, come on. I know, um, I know, I know. Okay, most fouls in a game we had uh, was 26, and there were actually two games that we had that many against UNO and then against Baylor. Uh, last year, we had two games as well that had the most fouls uh, of 29. Ooh. One of those games was McNeese, and another game was Duke. I mean, I do remember, like, at the end, we were like, uh, uh, if we have to go another overtime, we might not have enough people left. Yeah, because we were fouling out so quickly. And we're like, we have got to knock it <laughs> off. Otherwise, there's no way that we're going to even have a chance to win this game because we'd have to bring in fucking scrubs. I mean, I know. they can put me I in. Know. Put me in, put coach. Put me in, coach. <laughs> I'm ready to play today. Okay, so now we got game high stats, but individuals. So the most points in a game for an individual was 36 points for Cam against nice. Midwestern State. What was it last year? I was going to say, do you want to do last year too? Yeah. I, yeah, so uh, highest, yeah, highest point. Most of these are going to be Kevon, yeah. FYI. Uh, yeah. Highest points were Kevon 32 versus NC Central. Okay, so the most fields, field goals made, obviously uh, 13, was also Cam against Midwestern State, that same game. Uh, it was Kevon, 12, same game, NC Central. 
Uh, most field goal attempts was 20, and that was Cam against AM Corpus Christi. Uh, field goal attempts was 19, again, Kevon. Uh, two games, NC Central and Duke. Uh, I knew that had to be one of them. Okay, uh, the most three-point field goals made was four, but there were three different players who did this and over a sequence of a couple of games. So Cam, David, and Rati all had at least one game where they made four three-pointers. Those games were LSU Alexandria, Sam Houston, Louisiana Monroe, A&M Corpus Christi, and Lamar. Okay, uh... Three-point field goals made was five Ooh. with Kevon Again, three games, NC Central, NOLA, and Northwestern State. Uh, the most three-point field goal attempts in one game was nine. That's a lot of three-point attempts, and that was Raw T against Central Arkansas. Uh, last year, it was Kevon with 10 versus NC Central. Damn, NC Central pops up a lot on this. Yeah. Uh, the most free throws made in a game was nine, and that was our boy Gavin, and he did it two games, actually, McNeese and Midwestern State. So I guess I'm going to have to take back my little bit of shit talking about his free throws. But, you know, he's just very on and, he's very on and off with them. And he's just, so hot and cold. He's still hot and cold. Just because he made the most doesn't mean that he had the best percentage. Like, But when you're a post player, you're going to be getting to the line more than anybody else. Anyways. Exactly. you got to make them. you got to make them. Yeah. Uh, okay, so free throws made was 11. Kevon, again. I mean, he's just all over this. Um, Northwestern State. The most free throw attempts was, again, like I said, Gavin with 13, and it was against Midwestern State. Uh, it was. Was Kevon again with 14 against that Northwestern State same game. So he had the most free throws made and attempts. Um, the most rebounds was Gavin with 17. And that was the game what? that against Lamar that I think he scored only one more point than the number of rebounds he had. Like he scored 18 okay. and he had 17 rebounds. Wow. wow. Gavin, if you're listening, you're probably not. I'm not the message. We're not the post this on on freaking twitter okay they played more games last year and he only had 15 well that's so he improved that's in one game he got 17 rebounds what are you looking at well oh yeah sorry we're doing individual game i'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah okay so game highs individually yes yeah. so in one game he had 15 last year against arkansas state but still like that's improvement like that's yeah. awesome yeah, definitely. Um, assist, the most in one game was 11, and that was David against Northwestern. Nice. Uh, so there's a stat line for assists last year. There were seven uh, assists, and it was done by four different players, four different games. So John Como with Drexel, David at Arlington Baptist, Kevon, Louisiana Monroe, and Nate at NOLA. Um, the most steals per game, also David, seven against Abilene Christian, and that was uh, the senior night game. Nice. Uh, steals was six game high. Uh, both Johnny Boy and Rati last year. Uh, Johnny Boy on the Drexel game and Rati on the Corpus Christi game. Um, so block shots, the most that we had in one game was four, and that was Nana. <gasps> nice, Nana. The first time that we played Abilene Christian and got beat. Uh, last year, most blocked shots in one game was Charlie Daniels. 
Big old big country at five. Paul Quinn. Oh, eh, yeah. Yeah, that um, Most turnovers in a game was seven, and that was raw tea, but it was the Baylor game where we had 35. So. Uh, all right, well, I'll let that go. Yeah. Uh, most turnovers last year in a game was Gavin versus, and I'm going to throw up on this one, Laterno. What the actual shit? How many? Nine. What the hell is you doing, baby? Versus Laterno. <laughs> I know, I know. That got me choked. That's so bad. I know. know. Okay. um, The most fouls per game. And listen, I just got to say it's a win that Calvin was not one of these players. It was not (laughs) Calvin who had the most fouls in a game. Um, So, obviously, the most fouls in a game was five. So, we had two players actually foul out. Um, One of them was Nigel in the UNO game. And one was Nana against Abilene Christian. Well, that's a much better improvement from prior, year prior. Obviously, most fouls you can have, five. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And Kevon is on here twice. Gavin in the Laterno game. Calvin in the Drexel game. Johnny in the Rutger game. Uh, Charlie in the Arkansas State game. Uh, Kevon in the... Alabama game. Oh, there's Wayne Warren here. Holy crap. Okay. I don't even know who who then who's who at this point then. So if someone fouled out in the Alabama game, Northwestern State, AM Corpus Christi, Incarnate Ward, and Abilene Christian. And like I said, Kevon's on there twice. So a lot more foul outs last season. A lot more. Yeah. Yikes. All right. Moving on. All right. Now we get to go to the category leaders. So just overall it. who's um Who's the top of different ones? So we have points. The leader, obviously. Take a wild guess. Gavin with 333 Gavin. points. Um, okay. Cam was so, right behind him with 322. Nice. So compare that to last year. Again, it's not going to really even out because there was more games last year than this year. But Gavin was second behind Kevon with 354 last year and how many Um, games played was that over 30 okay see and this year it was 21 so yeah so his points per game was 15.9 what was it last year okay last year that's what that's what you should look at really is points per game is uh last year his points per game gabins were 11.8 okay so that's a nice increase it Um, is a nice increase and and cams was 11.4 last year what was it this year uh 15.3 Okay, increase. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Rotis last year was 9.5. And this year it was 12.9. Nice. Yeah. Uh, David's last year was 5.2. Our boy double, more than doubled that with 11.4 per game. Oh, my God. See, this is going to be good to look at right here. Yeah. This is great. Uh, Charlie's last year was 4.0. Oh, uh, this year he went to 4.6. Nice. Improvement is improvement. And yeah. Calvin's last year was 3. Doubled because he's at seven point seven per game. Look at y'all! <laughs> Look at y'all! Good job. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Okay, so that's that's what we'll look at is is yeah. the points per game there on uh, that. Okay, yeah. Because um, that'll make that'll obviously show us the most accurate improvement or yeah or or not because obviously again games played and points make 
aren't really going right. to make sense. It's really the points per game. All right. So what's next? Field goals? Yeah. So on this one, we can just do field goal percentage because that's, that's easier. Yeah. So the highest yeah. was Gavin with uh, 63.2. All right. Last year, Gavin's was 60. A little bit more accurate. Uh, Cam was next at 53.2%. Last year, damn, he was 54. Um, Rati was next at 46.5. <clears throat> okay, a little bit of an improvement. Last year, he was 45. Uh, then we had David at 57.2. Oh, boy, big improvement. Last year, he was 46. Oh, that is a nice improvement. David! Yes. Uh, then we got Calvin at 54.1%. Calvin. Yes. Last year he was 45. Nice. That's great. Love to see it. Love to see it. Uh, Love to see it. Let's see. Nigel is next at 42.6%. Obviously, of course, you won't have a percentage for him last year. Yeah. Uh, we would have to go to UTSA to look at that. But, yeah. Um. Char okay. I don't. Oh, because I guess he may. Anyways, okay, so Charlie actually higher percentage-wise than David, Calvin, and Nigel, but he just took less. But his um, percentage was 57.7%. So really, percentage-wise, he's second this year. Okay, yeah, last year he was at 54%. And again, it's just he, he takes less. So, yeah. yeah, need to be shooting more shots. Um. Okay, cool. let's go to three-pointers. Good improvement. These are some good improvements. Okay. Um, okay, so we got David on top with 39.7%. Well, okay. not on top, but uh, out of... I'm, I'm reading them in order of the most made, but I'm giving the percentages to compare to the last year's percentages. You know gotcha. what I mean? Yes, okay. And I'll just tell you the three-point percentages from last year. So, last year, David was at 27 point, or uh, 27. Well, I'll just run it up to 28, so 28%. Nice. So, I mean, he improved to, uh, 12%. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Again, y'all need to look at the damn stats compared from this year to last year. Because, I mean, again, even though we played less games this year, that's still improvement. So, yeah, because it's percentage wise. It's it's not necessarily games played. It's 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 right. percentage wise. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, good. So again, I'm um, just to remind y'all, I'm reading these in order of who made the most three pointers, but I'm just giving you the percentage to compare with their percentage from last year since the games played are are wonky. But um, so David made twenty seven three pointers. Then we have Cam who made twenty five. So his percentage was thirty seven point nine. Okay, Cam's last year he made. 14 uh attempted 41 so his percentage was 34 okay a little bit higher uh yeah. raw team made 23 his percentage was 34.8 oh big improvement oh i'm sorry whoa no i whoa no okay sorry last year okay last year his percentage was 40 43 hey yikes Okay, well, you That's know. not the best there. <clears throat> uh, next on three-pointers made was Nigel. He made 13. That's a lot, Nigel. I didn't. I wouldn't have thought that he made that many three-pointers. Nope. Um, no. His percentage is 28.9%. Uh, can you go back real quick? What was Rati's uh, three points 
attempts per game. Well, overall, or attempts per game was 3.5. Okay. His <clears throat> last year was 2.3. So he was taking more this season attempts yeah. this season. Last yeah. year, he didn't take as many attempts, yeah. which is partly why the uh, percentage is a little bit higher last year. Okay. Yeah, so then we... So he was taking more chances this season, basically. Yeah. Um, okay. DeAndre made six, ending with a 25%, uh, whatever. Um, Calvin made four out of six, so he ended with a 66.7%. I didn't see Calvin. He probably didn't take any, so that's probably why. Yeah, I bet he didn't. Calvin's not even on here. Uh Gavins is at zero because he tried one and missed it uh, last year. Okay, so we have to round out the bottom, and I say the bottom. So Russell is the only one who has 100% on his three-pointers, but he only took one. Took one, made (laughs) one. Um, And Charlie last year was 100% because he only took one. Uh, We got Demir is at 20% because he made one out of five. Um, Nana is at zero percent. He took seven. Charlie's at zero percent. He only he only took his one. So last year, last year Charlie took one and made it and had a hundred percent. This year he took one and missed it and was at zero percent. Uh, <laughs> but, that, but, but that Nana stat stat really kind of hits me square in the teeth. I need him seven. To not- Seven. That. That's my only. That's going to be my only complaint of the season for Nana is I don't. I don't think he's a three point shooter, and I don't. Yeah, I don't want him to be a three point shooter. Does it need to be a three point shooter? No, baby, you got to make at least one. Jesus. <laughs> before baby. you go okay. post. Before you go take your seven foot one post self out of the three point line, you got to at least make one. Um, God Almighty! I'm let's telling you see. What. Elijah was at zero percent. He took two. Gavin was at zero percent. He took three. And KJ was at zero percent. He also took three. Yeah, like I said, Gavin last year he only attempted one and missed it, and zero percent. So yeah. Um, all right. So free throws. The most made were eighty nine. Of course, Gavin. Uh, he was at sixty four percent. Uh, let's see here. Last year, Gaiman's free throw percentage was 65. So. About the same, almost. Uh, yeah, what was his free throw attempts last year per game? This year, it was 6.6. Yeah, sorry, this year. Uh, what was it, 6.6? Yeah. Okay, last year it was 4.5. So uh, he was at the line more. Yeah, like 33% more. Mm-hmm. No, fifty percent more. J.K. See, I suck at math. Um. Anyways, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Cam free throws made was sixty one. Um, he ended with a sixty nine point three percentage. Okay. Uh, last year, again, I mean, again, these are gonna be a little bit different just because they had more attempts to hit free throws last yeah. year. Um. So yeah, these these stats are going to be a little bit different. Uh, so last year he had he was seventy four percent because he made sixty nine. He attempted ninety three, and per game attempts were three. 
Okay, so next in line is Calvin, and Calvin made 51, and actually his percentage is tied for second best on the team. His percentage was 75%. Interesting. A lot better than I thought it was. So his percentage is 75 this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a huge improvement. Uh, last year it was 36. That's, yeah, he doubled. Yeah, so he attempted last year 1.9 per game. Uh, this year it was 3.2 per game. And free throws made per game was 0.7. Wasn't even a full one for made per game. That was a big improvement. Um, Huge improvement. That's great. Okay, so Rati made 37, and his percentage um, is really the highest at 80.4. That's another improvement. Last year, it was 77%. Nice. Uh, David made 30. Um, he tied Calvin for second place with 75%. Another improvement. Last year, it was 68. Oh, nice. Okay. We see Very you, good. David. Uh, Nigel made 29. His percentage was 65.9%. Not bad. No comparison for last year on him. Uh, Charlie made 15, so his percentage was 429 A little bit of improvement. Or, I'm sorry, no, not an improvement. Last year it was 47. Oh, boo. Well, uh, I mean, again, uh, just depends on how many he was at, how long, or uh, how many, how much he was at the line. So, I mean, he, uh, last year, field goal attempt per game was, or I'm sorry, free throw per t- attempt per game was 1.7. It was the same so, this year. Was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, DeAndre yeah. made 13. Finished with 68.4%. Oh, yeah. No comparison for last year. Um, Nana actually did really well. Also, he made 11. His percentage overall was 73.3. Pretty high. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's really all the significant stuff on the free throws. Um, Nice. All right. Next. Next. Rebounds. So this one, we can just go straight numbers, but uh, the comparisons will be wonky. Um, yeah. Okay, so Gavin, obviously, most rebounds with 150. Shit. Last year, he was he had the most 205. Obviously, going to be wonky. I guess we could look at maybe average per game. Yeah. Which Seven, would probably be the best comparison. Yeah, 7.1 per game. Uh, 6.8 last year. Okay, so more. Um, Calvin was uh-huh. next at 101, which was 4.8 per game. Okay, uh, last year he was 124, but again, more games. So the average per game was 4.3, so definitely improved there a All little right. bit. Uh, okay, so I'll just give the average per games on the rest. Cam had 4.5 per game. Uh, Cam had 3.8 per game last year, so another improvement. Um, Charlie, 3.5 per game. Last year was 2.7, so nice. another improvement. Uh, Rati at 3.1. Uh, 2.8 last year, another improvement. All right. Uh, Nana had 2.6. Um, Gavin had 2.5. <clears throat> 6.8 last year. Whoa. But... Last year he wasn't running points, so that makes sense. I bet his. You, were you saying were you saying Gavin or David? David. Oh, you said Gavin, babe. Okay. 
No, I said, I, I don't know. I said David, though, I think. Uh, 2.5 I, I per game. I could have sworn you said Gavin, because oh. I was like, what? No. Uh-uh. David okay. had 2.5 per game. Okay, that is, yeah, that's definitely an improvement. I'm sorry. So, David had one. Oh, okay, game. okay, okay. That's why I was like, there's no way that's Gavin, because I legit thought you said David. Oh, no. Nah. Um, Nigel had 2.4 per game. Uh, no comparison. DeAndre had 1.3. Demir had 1.2. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to assist. Uh, again, let's just do assist per game. Um, okay. For comparison. Hold on. Two seconds. So can you go back to rebounds? Yeah. I want to see if there's like offensive defensive per game. Uh huh. Just, just to see what was Gavin's offensive defensive per game. Um, his offensive per game was 3.1 and his defensive was four. <sighs> Improvements. So last year it was 2.9 offensive defensive 3.9. So basically, he increased on the offensive. The defense was almost the same. So that's yeah, good. Defense, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, great. See, look at these stats. Like again, you guys are improving as you should as you get yeah. older and more experience, which is great. Good, good, good. All right, assists. I'm such a nerd. I love looking at this stuff. Okay, uh, I love stats. Assist per game. Obviously, our boy David was the leader on that with 4.4 assists per game. You know what? This really, this really does show that John really did work with David a lot on his defense because John was highest last year at 2.3 per game. So, well, but assist is on offense, not defense. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. But still like he worked with John said that he worked with David, like on, on just his game in general. So like that does show that remember he said, he was like, yeah, I worked with David like all summer. Yeah. But I thought he said on defense and then you said defense and I was like, that's not defense. No, I know. But like, obviously they probably worked on defense, but he most likely did other things too. I mean, with yeah. Him. So I, I yeah, obviously it just shows that he did work with him on his game as a whole. Yeah. And so you can see that it rubbed off on him in the, in the best possible way. And yeah, even though assists are more offensively still, it shows that he uh, definitely improved. Cause like I said, Johnny was the most last year at 2.3 per game, but 68 assists. Uh, so oh, last, John's last year, John's per game was two point something? Two point three per game. Wow. And David's four point four. That's yeah. awesome. Last year David's was one point nine per game. That's a big improvement. That's what I'm saying. Like obviously, like he did his work. Yeah. Did his I, I get a lot of people like not a lot of people. I I guess I'm gonna re, like re, rewind there. There were some people that are just like, you know, in the beginning of the season, like, oh, Dave's not that great. He's not that great. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but look at the improvement from last year to this year. All the work he put in to improve his stats. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Rati was next with 2.7 assists per game. Yeah, he had 1.9 last year. Okay. Um, so, number-wise... Next was Cam, um, but percentage-wise, it wasn't. Anyway, so, or per per game, it wasn't. But anyhow, 1.9 per game for Cam. Uh, 1.2 last year, so a little okay. smidgen improvement, yeah. Um, but like I said, so he had 21, I mean, 39 assists overall, but then, not, I mean... DeAndre, this is where it gets confusing trying to compare them because DeAndre had 38, but his assists per game was 
two point four because he just didn't play as many games. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay. No comparison there. Nigel was at one point six per game. Calvin was at one point two per game. Last year he was one per game. Okay. Uh, so. Gavin also one point two per game. Gavin one point six last year. Uh. He was just scoring it himself this season. Um, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, he was just taking the ball up more himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Charlie was at point eight per game. Point five last year. So, okay. I mean, hey, yeah, up is up. Yeah, every little bit helps. Um, yeah. Okay, block shots. So, Nana, Nana. led, Nana yes, led the way. I, I know it's Nana. With one per game. Actually, well, him and Calvin tied. Calvin was also one per game. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, actually, last year, Charlie was number one with .7 per game. Okay. <laughs> um, this season, Charlie was .6 per game. Okay. A little bit of improvement. Last year, Gavin was uh, .6 per game. This year, Gavin was only .2 per game. Interesting. So, he had more block shots last year. Uh, Cam and David and Rati were also all at .2 blocks per game. You said Cam, Cam, Rati, David, and Rati, and Gavin were all at okay, .2 well, per game. Okay, David and Cam both had .2, so didn't change there. Rati had .1. He only blocked three last year. He blocked four this year. So, one more. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, okay, let's do steals now. The leader steals um, per game was Rati with 1.9. Nice. Uh, improvement a little bit because last year Rati had 1.1 per game. Um, next was Gavin with 1.4 steals per game. Mm, last year, Gavin had 1.2, so good. Uh, then we have David and Calvin both tied with 1.3 steals per game. That's, again, another improvement. David last year had 0.5 nice. per game, and Calvin had 0.8 per game. Okay, so then we have Cam with 1.2 per game. Same as last year. So, consistent. Consistency. Uh, we had Nigel with .8. We had Nana with .6. And we had Charlie with .5. Consistent. Last year, .5 as well. All right. I love consistency, though, too. Okay. These two we'll just Ugh. touch on quickly because they're, they're negative stat lines. But I just kind of want to, like, highlight why the people who get the most get the most, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. You know, because it makes sense. So, David was the leader of turnovers at 2.6 per game. Uh, he's the point guard. Like, who who was the leader in turnovers last season? Johnny. Oh, sorry. The leader in turnovers last season? Yeah. Uh, it should be John or Kevon, I would imagine. It was Kevon. It was Kevon. Okay. So, Kevon had the ball the most. Um, like, this year, right. our number two turnovers was Gavin with 2.2. I mean, he had the ball in his hands. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Uh, Gavin was number two as well last year with 2.6. Kevon was uh, 3.5. John was uh, 1.5 last year. 
let's see. Rati was at 2.4 and Cam was at 2. Those were the leaders. But that they're the ones who have the ball the most. So, I mean, I know, I sense. know. Yeah, Rati had was 1.5 last year and Cam was at 1.6 last year. But yeah, I mean, again, like these are the people that have the ball the absolute most. So, uh, what was uh, Calvin's just for comparisons thick? Um, 1.8. Okay, 1.1 last year. All right. Mm. Um, okay, personal fouls. Y'all know, y'all know our boy Calvin led led the way with <laughs> <laughs> with 65 personal fouls, um, but that averaged out to 3.1 per game. All right, uh, per game last year, Calvin had uh, <laughs> 2.4. Uh, how much? Uh, total, he had 69. But again, that's but a lot per more game. Games. Per game, what he had last year? Per, per game was 2.4. Okay, so he fell more this season per game. Yep. Well, I'll be Whale damned. shit. Whale shit. Okay, uh, next we had Charlie with 2.7 per game. Uh, Charlie had 2.3 last year, so not too big of a despair, like, yeah. discrepancy. Uh, yeah. Then we had Gavin with 2.6. Last year it was 2.8, so he went down a little That's bit. That's good. Uh, then we had Nigel with 2.3. Um, David and Cam each had 2 per game uh let's see david had 1.3 last year cam 1.8 and i attribute david's to i think i think he did play more aggressively on defense this year so i'll oh. i'll take the extra seven tenths of a point per 100%, game yes himself. yes 100 um okay let's go to minutes so the most minutes played was Cam with 30.6 minutes per game. 30.6 per well, game? Well, uh, I take that back. So, again, it's screwy. He played the most minutes with 642, but the actual most minutes per game was Raw T was 33.2. Okay, interesting. Yeah, last year, Cam, uh, his total minutes were 644, uh, and he minutes per game was 20.8 oh so yeah he played a lot more minutes per game this season what, well yeah i mean you know he's yeah. starter i mean yeah what was rati's minutes per game last year last season 26.5 okay and yeah he went up to 33 uh then we had gavin at 28.6 minutes per game yeah it went up from last year just a little bit again you know we started last year but a uh, 26.2 he was, in, he was definitely in the game a little bit longer this year. Uh, 26.6 minutes per game for David. <sighs> oh, yeah, that definitely went, went up because obviously he started this year. So uh, last year it was 14.1. Okay. Uh, then we had Calvin at 22.5 minutes per game. Ooh, Calvin. Yeah, another big jump again started. So 15.3. Uh, we had Nigel with 20.8 minutes per game. Pretty good for his his first, first season, season. uh okay. we had charlie at 14.4 minutes per game consistency well not 100 percent straight on but 14.1 last okay. year okay so you played about the same uh then we had nana and deandre were both at 13.3 minutes per game again not shabby mm-hmm. for the first year but only only ended out with nana um <laughs> okay uh assist turnover ratio so the best assist turnover ratio we had was David. So he had 1.7. So for his 92 assists, he only had 54 turnovers. 
Um, and then we actually, well, again, sucks that he's no more. But uh, DeAndre, his was the next best at 1.5. Um, Interesting. And then we had Nigel at 1.38 uh, and Rotti at 1.13. Um, what was last D- year, David's last year? Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say, last year, David, his assists were, he had 58 assists, 37 turnovers, so his ratio was 1.57. Okay, so yeah, it went up. Um, let's see, Cam, this year, his ratio is 0.91. Uh, last year, his ratio was 0. 0.71. Okay. Better. Calvin's was mm-hmm. 0. 0.68. Last year, it was 0. 0.85. Ooh. Yeah. Not so good. Uh, let's see. Charlie, 0. 0.55. 0. 0.38 last year. Okay, that's better. Gavin was 0. 0.53. Last year, was 0. 0.59. Okay, pretty consistent. Okay, so now let's go. That was, I hope y'all are still with us after all of the stats. I know, that was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot, but it's so interesting to compare. I'm, and I'm glad it you really, went along with the last years because that's, that's just really interesting to see where people have improved. Oh, for sure. To see, like, you know, who's consistent in the same area, who, like you said, who has improved, maybe, you know, just a few steps back, better, um really interesting to see again we'll compare this year's to next year's too to see for the people that are you know going to be around next year to see how they improved you know moving into next year too so it'll be very 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 interesting very interesting yeah all right all right moving on let's Let's talk about let's do one more quick little break and then do our like award section ah i see i see i see what you i see what you're doing there i see what you're doing there yeah agreed all right so uh, we'll take a quick break we'll come back in about two seconds here and uh, finish up with awards and uh, a few other things. So stick around. All right. Welcome back. Now we're going to move on to our award section. So we'll start right, out. So- I'll give a little breakdown of the, the Southland Conference awards and we'll, we'll discuss those. And then, then we made up our own little uh, PMA award section that we'll go through. Yeah. 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 So again, are, are you going to r- remind everyone how they're nominated and voted upon? Because again, yeah. like, be very clear on the fact that it is you can't vote for yourself yeah so my very first note and this this is directly from like the article on the southland conference website detailing who all of the the winners were um all conference teams and individual awards are nominated and voted upon by the conference's head coaches and sports information directors Voting for oneself or one's own players slash coaches is not permitted. So, again, that's why I say, like, you have to just – it's wonderful to get these awards, but you also have to take a grain of salt that, like, you, you can't vote for yourself. And when everyone else is voting, they're not they're not going to stack the whole team with, with people from one team, um, unfortunately. Right. So, anyhow, okay, I digress. So, Coach of the Year was Austin Clanch from Nickel State. Um, which it was his first or the first outright regular season conference champions for them since 1998, and it was just his third year as a head coach. But they didn't play anyone. They didn't play anybody. They didn't. They didn't play Sam. They didn't play. They or wait, they played. They just didn't play ACU. They didn't play us. Like, come on, bruh. So like, like you didn't really have a real challenge. Yeah, to me, like it's all relative. Okay, yeah, you won, but you didn't. You didn't play two of the best three teams so yeah 
Okay, whatever. I mean, you can have it, I guess. So the player of the year uh, was Zach Nuttall, which is um, the Sam Houston guard who is a junior, uh, which he kind of got under our skin whenever we played Sam Houston there. He got under mine, but I will say... Yes. I will say he, he's the leading scorer in lead play with 18 points per game. Um, he scored in double digits in 14 conference games uh, with two 30-point games and four 20-point games. Um, he got 6.1 rebounds per game. He shot 42.2% from the field and 36.1 from the three-pointers. So, can't be I too guess. mad about it. Yeah. You, you can't be too mad about it. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here looking at our obviously our overall scoring per player, and I mean, eighteen points per game. I mean, come on. Yeah, and what what was Gavin's points per game? I think fifteen point nine. Yeah, average fifteen point nine per game. Okay. So. And that was the highest, I think. Yeah, because I'm looking at individual scoring for the season. Um, yeah, 15.9 uh, was the highest. And then Cam was 15.3. Rati was 12.9. David okay. was 11.4. Stay, so I, stay there because I want you to tell me who had our highest um, field goal percentage. <laughs> well, out of the people who actually scored. Yeah, I know. Uh, who do you think it is? I think it was Gavin. Yep. But I don't know what it was. As much shit as we gave him. Yeah, he had the highest field goal percentage, 63%. Okay. See, and so Zach's is 42, but you also got to consider he's shooting outside most of the time. Um, Correct. Correct. I know know that his three-point percentage is higher than all all of our guys, I'm pretty sure, at 36.1%. For the, again, the people who actually shoot, not the people who took one and got 100%. What was his three-point percentage? 36.1. Not the highest. Oh, okay. What, who, what was Cam, Rotti, and David's? I can't remember now. David's was 39, so basically oh. 40 almost. Uh, Cam's was 37, almost 38. Rotti's was 34, almost 35. Uh Calvin was hell, 66, but he doesn't shoot threes. But, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But I know he did take a lot more, so. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, our three-point attempts, uh, let's see here. Uh, well, I don't I don't see. have his pulled up to tell you how many he attempted. Yeah, I know. Uh, David's was, like, 68, so. yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, so, okay. I mean, I'll... I'll take it. Yeah. I, I would, at first, I would... I think the only reason why I was kind of like, well, motherfucker, because of the fact that he was... The way he acted... Yeah. ...at the Sam Houston game, uh, well, I was just like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call you player of the year, bro, because your attitude's piss poor. Although, you know, I mean, I'll blame the coaches just as much for that as him because he really wasn't like... It was pissing me off that the refs were not making him sit down since they were making our guys sit down, but it it wasn't necessarily like he was being unsportsmanlike or rude yeah. or nasty to anybody, but their coaches should have told him to sit down. Yeah. The only time I heard him be like 
Oh, it was when he was, he was giving Charlie yeah, a hard I mean, time? He was, yeah, he was talking a lot of shit to Charlie yeah. on the court, which, I mean, probably isn't right. I mean, probably is pretty normal for play chit-chat on the court, but it was just the fact that we, like, that I heard it, like, loud and clear, and yeah. he was being a little, little ridiculous yeah. at that point, but again, it's, it's whatever, so... Um, so, freshman of the year was also from Sam. Uh, his name is Bryce Monroe. He was third on their team in scoring uh, with 10.2 points per game. And he had a season high of 26 points against Sela, which is great, but they also kind of suck. Uh, yeah. But he did have also the second free throw percentage in the league at 89.5%. Holy shit. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, so. to say that that you should – use the Sela game as like an accolade point yeah. is kind of hard. It's like, that, yeah. that's like us saying like, Oh, we had our best game versus A&M Corpus Christi. It's right. like, they're the fucking shittiest in the league. Like, yeah. give me a break. Yeah. Um, yeah. let's see. So the defensive player of the year was, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. David Muoka. I don't know. Uh, from Muka? Lamar. Who knows? Maybe it's silent, but he nearly doubled the next, highest tally in blocks per game um, with an average of 3.5 in conference games, and he ranks 7th nationally with 2.86 stopped shots per game, and also led the Southland in rebounding uh, 9.3 per game with 6.6 defensive boards per game. Wow. So Was he really that good when we played that? I guess so. I don't know. I guess I would have to look, look, look back and see what the stats were for that game. I mean, I think very deserved that he got this individual award, but it wasn't enough to help his team except for when they beat I us know. the second time. Yeah, I'm just I'm just sitting here. I'm like I'm trying to remember that I'm trying to go back to the Lamar game when we played them at Lamar. I was like, did I even hear his name? I was I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Um, wow. And then newcomer of the year was Ty Gordon at Nichols. Seventh in scoring in conference play um, with 16.1 points per game. He was 46.2% field goal percentage, 34.4 on three-point percentage, uh, both of which ranked 13th in the Southland Conference. Mm. So. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I all right, so let's, let's talk about these all-conference teams here real quick before we move on to other things. So I think it's really interesting that – Nichols only has one dude on first team, like literally between first team, second team, and then the next people are on the third team, and they're talking. Oh, they're talking about oh Nichols. Shut the fuck up. Like, okay, you had one dude on first team, and then the rest were on third team. Like, give me a break. So first team was, of course, player of the year Zach. Not at all. Uh, then our boy Gavin made first team. Uh, Colton Cole from ACU, DeMarcus Lampley from Sim Houston, and Ty Corden from Nichols. So, interesting enough, uh, they just posted a little bit ago that DeMarcus Lampley is actually planning on returning to Sim Houston for his extra season. So, okay. ha, yikes. That kind of is a big yikes for me. Because um, yeah. they'll have both Zach Nuttall and DeMarcus Lampley back. Yeah, two first-team all-conference players. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, that's a big X. All right, so second team was Joe Pleasant, ACU, uh, Keiston Willis from UIW, uh, who's a sophomore, by the way, um, Cameron Johnson 
from obviously us, Trenton Masner from the Demons, and from the, from Nola, Damian Rosser. Next for All Conference third team, we got Ryan Ryland Bergson Bergerson uh, Rati, obviously from SFA. Uh, Ryland is from UCA, by the way. ACU Cor- Corion Mason. And then the two Nichols dudes, Kevin Johnson and Nigee Garvin, I'm assuming his name is. And then we have no team or no players from our SFA on all defense, but there are three, count three players from ACU on the all defensive team. Damian Daniels, Reggie Miller, and Corian Mason. So not only did Corian get third team, he also got all defense. And from Lamar, David Muoka, again, the Defensive Player of the Year. And from Nichols, Kevin Johnson, who was also on third team all-conference. So, what do we think about that? I would have loved to see David get something. Thank you. I was so pissed off. Not so pissed off. I'm sorry. Let me back up. Immediately, my knee-jerk reaction was anger because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, nothing for David? Nothing? Yeah. I feel like he could have been on third team in place of one of the two players from Nichols who didn't play anybody. But Yeah, I would love to see those stats from those two guys from Nichols, Kevin, and and Nigel Garvin. I would have to look look it up and see what Yeah, that that could be a whole other podcast. but To see what their stats were in comparison to David's because I'm just like – are you kidding me? Not even, not even third team. Yeah. God, and I agree. Then three, three all all defensive dudes from ACU. Three. You mean to tell me out of the how many teams we have in the conference? You mean we couldn't find at least like a, a variety? Yeah, I, I mean teams? they are great defensively, but I I, I kind of think you're maxing out at like two, and that's why I said with the ladies like. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like we couldn't really get more than we already got because I, I kind of feel like you're maxing out at getting two players from the same school out of five spots on one of these teams. I mean, I guess if, if, if your stats are just that good compared to everybody else, okay. But three? I mean, to tell me there's nobody else in the conference that has good stats that could be on all defense? I mean, to tell me Gavin didn't have good enough stats over Damian Daniels, Reggie Miller, and Corian Mason? Yeah. Gap, Alex, America. That's okay. Anyway, but, uh, we'll, we'll be here forever if we talk about that. But For yeah. sure. All right. So we're going to move on to our own personal PMA award section. So um, we're going to go through and talk about what who we think personally uh, is – MVP, most improved player, best defensive player, best role player, best clutch player, funniest player, most bearded, best six man, so off the bench, uh, and then a couple fun ones, best hair, best off-court style, best dunk of the year, and best bench celebrations. So we're going to talk about each one as we go through. Uh, We'll try not to be too long-winded because we're already probably hitting almost two hours here, but uh, we'll do our... So first off, let's talk about MVP. So Jacqueline, tell me who you put under MVP slot. So I did put Gavin as the MVP because, man, he was 
putting up those pips, points in the paint. I mean, highest points per game, and that—that's. I feel like that's what we really staked our success on this season was the points in the paint and the high percentage shots. And he was—he was definitely taking the most of them. Um, and I mean, strong on a bunch of defensive things as well, um, and assist, and he was high up there on the steals. So, yeah, for me, MVP, it was Gavin. Nice. It's a great, it's a great choice. So, for me, MVP was my boy David. So, and the reason why I say that is just because I think not only, I'm very sure about this now, like, based off of his improvement from last year to this year, um, <clears throat> I, I, you know, it was hard to pick an MVP just because, again, I think all the guys deserve some sort of love. But I, I think that, again, now I'm very, very, very secure with my answer based off of all his improvement from last year to this year. I, I, th- I think that David is a very complete player. He has, he has good court awareness for the most, I mean, for the majority of the game, I think he's pretty good with the court awareness. Um, obviously I would have loved to have seen him have better defensive stats and having more of a defensive prowess like Johnny boy, but that's a hard ask. Um, I mean, Johnny was here for four years. David's only here for two. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do there? But I, I, you know, David just, again, he just has that, he, he just has that kind of, you know, the je ne sais quoi, like, like, what do you call it? Um, yeah. He just, there's just something about him. He was, he played hard. He improved a lot from last year. Um, he's, he's reliable kind of a guy, you know, he, I just, I like the way that he plays. So he's my dude for that. So one of my later answers will my reasoning will very closely align with what all you just said about David. But, um, okay, most improved player, we were both in complete agreement. From beginning to end of season, Nana, 1,000% was the most improved player. 10,000, 1,000, all the 1,000 percentages. Nana improved so much from – if you literally – I kind of almost want to go back, like, game by game, but we don't have time for that. But, like, (laughs) if you look at game to game – his improvement from Laterno, which was our first social game, all the way down to Sam Houston. His improvement was absolutely just so obvious. Like it was just, just literally. Hit, the first game, he kind of looks like a freaking lost, like, doe out there, like Bambi, like, you know, not really stable on his legs, just like ugh, flailing around. <laughs> And, and then when you saw how... And I watched him in high school. So, yes. I mean, seeing how he played at the end of this season, like, the way that he played at the end of the season against seniors who have played D1 college basketball for four years, he looked better than he did playing against high school kids that were two feet shorter than him. Like, yes. that's how much and improvement then, yeah. he's made. Yes, 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 and yes. I mean... That last game against Sam Houston, he was working it in that paint. He was throwing his body around. I mean, again, and it, again, necessarily doesn't you know add up on the scoreboard, but his his play, he was doing so well. I cannot wait to see what he does next year. Like, I really can't. He's gonna put he needs to put some lbs on over the off season. He needs to work on his free throw shooting, which wasn't horrible this year, but he needs to work on it. Stop hitting, trying to shoot threes. He's yeah. That get the fuck out. And, <laughs> I mean, 
I, I just, I can't wait. He just needs to keep on, keep it on, keep on working, keep on trucking. Cause he did great. So Nana, don't let us down. Keep on going. Uh, <laughs> so next one, uh, best defensive player. I believe uh, we both had the same answer for this as well. Uh, so best defensive player, we're going to give it to Rati. I mean, steals. He had 36, 1.9 per game. Um, he, he was just, he was, he was really good on defense. And I mean, if you even compare him to last year, his defense was part of the reason why we won that game against Duke. So, absolutely. Absolutely. The reason that we got yeah, that opportunity. So 100% the reason why <laughs> Nate had the opportunity to shoot that basket at the end or to hit that layup at the end. He was the reason. Yeah. He was the catalyst without, for that, for that steal. Exactly. Without that steal, we would have lost the game. So yeah, no, no contest there on that one. Um, For sure. Okay, so basically Alex and I reversed what who she said was the MVP is who I said is the best role player and who I said is MVP is who you said is the best role player. So on best role player, we, we flipped the script. And we I, did. I said David for best role player because I, I feel like especially all of the improvements that we talked about when we went over the stats in comparison from last year to this year, I think he really saw the need of where he needed to step up and being the point guard and what, what new role he was going to have to take on and, and really improve a lot more than, you know, even we realized just from watching when you look at the numbers. Um, so, so I think he really did the best on like filling the role that, that he had and, and doing whatever it was, whether that be different from one game to the next, you know? Oh, completely. Um, I, mean, I mean, there were there were some games that he made a lot of threes. There were some games that he didn't score that much. Um, but when and you're, he had more assists or something. Yeah, but when you're the point guard, you you know which games you need to be giving more assists to your guy in the paint to score, or when you can take some outside shots if we're playing a zone, and that's that's more cleared up for you. Um, what games totally. he really need to turn it on defensively and get more steals, whatnot. Totally. I, I agree 100%. I mean, yeah, and that's why I put him as MVP and you put him as best role player. I mean, it, it's kind of almost not necessarily the same thing, but, like, it it, it yeah. has the same kind of weight and merit to it because I totally agree with that. And, again, he had he had very, 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 very big shoes to fill as, as PG. Yeah. Very. Very. Most not many death. people can take over for freaking Johnny Boy and do well, you know? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard. It's a hard role in general. Being point, it's just hard role. Oh yeah, the hardest. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I put yeah exactly. We switched it up. So my best role player was Gavin. I you know his improvement down there in the paint from last year to this year. I mean his rebounds. He had seven per game this year. You know he was he was doing well, and I think him his role being down there in the post being center, like, I think he just, he did such a great job. And that's partly the reason why he made a first all-conference. I mean, his, he did great. His scoring, his pips, insanity, insanity. So, and he's just, he was very, he's very clutch down there. 90, like, I would say 95% of the time, like, very, very clutch down there in the basket. He moved well for the most part. There obviously were some times where he would like double clutch, triple clutch and cause turnover. But I mean, for the most, for the most part, he definitely improved a lot in his role as the post down there in the paint from last season to this season. So I think his role 
he really kind of cemented that in there. And I would absolutely love capital L. Oh, I'd love for all of them to come back, all the seniors, but it would be a big weight off of a lot of people's shoulders if he came back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's what I can see, like, as a role player, is that if he doesn't, that role will be missing. Yeah. I mean, Calvin's great, but is he... Calvin's not putting up points, which is what I need from he's not him. Putting up his, he's not putting up the pips like they, like Gavin was. I'm sorry, it's just not. I mean, and maybe just because yeah. Gavin was the dude for the pips, Yeah, you know, maybe Calvin can step into that role, but he really needs to step in and really needs to work on it, if yeah. that's the case. He so, needs to dive in right, first. Oh, geez, I know, Sam. Yeah, for sure. All right, so next one, best clutch player, like who we wanted to see like, who was the person we could count on in clutch moments of the game? For me, I was a hard time deciding between – it was split between, like, David and Cam. Uh, probably at the end of the day, I probably would have went with David. But there were both moments where both David and Cam came in through on the clutch for us a bunch. So, Yeah, that was a tough one. And I was kind of in the same boat. I eventually went with Cam. Um and like we've said, Cam, Cam can be a very hot and cold player. Um, sure. But I feel like a lot of times those are the players that kind of end up being the clutch player because it's like when it yeah. when it really gets heated, like you know they're going to pull through. Like they he might when have it his, matters the most. He might have his crappy game and not score at all, and then the next game he's going to come out and like when we need it, rack up a bunch of points. Right. Um, and he's just right. got that hot right. that hot touch, you know. For sure. And that's why I was like, man, I have a hard time choosing between him and David. Um, and that's when I saw you put Cam and I was like, all right, I'm going to go with David's because, because, you know, you're going to talk about Cam. So I, yeah. I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you put him because it was definitely between those two for sure. Like, oh yeah. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, do they all have clutch moments in the season that helped us win? Oh, for sure. But who was someone that we could honestly count on to always be consistently there in those clutch moments? And yeah. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So next one, funniest player. Funniest player. Who'd you put? I put Calvin. I just, I don't know what it is about him. I can just tell that he's got such a funny, like, uh, like such a chill demeanor and vibe and just like a funny sense. I think, he, I feel like he has like a goofy sense of humor. Oh, no doubt. Which I'd seen, like, little spurts of throughout the season. And, again, we'll go back to our complaint about we just haven't really gotten to know the guys this this season as well. I know. Um, but, I, well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say another one. But, anyway, but Calvin, I feel like I've seen several glimpses. And then that last game when he was, like, high-fiving the empty spots, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to die. Um, but I'll also throw Jalen in on the end right there because that last game, and I pointed it out to Alex because – like, during a game, Wade is one of the most, like, stoic on the coaching staff. That oh. you, like, never see him respond to hardly anything. And, like, yeah. Jalen said something, and I wasn't close enough to hear, but, like, Wade did, like, the slow turn and just kind of looked at him. And at first, I thought, oh, my God, I don't know what he said, but he is in so much trouble. And then Wade just kept looking at him, and he just started laughing, and I was like, Okay, I don't know what he said, but it had to be funny. Like, it had to be good. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I put Jalen for something else on here. Because yeah. his bench press, 
Yeah, I'll get to that in a minute. But I I agree. I think I think Calvin's hilarious. So mine I put was Charlie, and it it has it stems from both this season and last season a lot because especially on the bench when he's not in, he's a huge like you know supporter and he cheers a lot and he's always. But man, oh man, he does the funniest stuff on the bench when someone scores, especially when they like hit a like a big dunk or something. He goes like he just exaggerates his celebrations on the bench and it is so funny, so funny. And then there are some moments when he's on the court where he'll make like faces to the bench. Like he'll turn and just do like <laughs> like just do like it's very quick. It's very quick looks. <laughs> I'm just like this kid is an absolute goofball. Like, what is going on? And you're so right. And I, I, I'm so ready for next season when we can actually, again, fingers crossed, I don't see this being an issue, but like be behind the team again, because you're right. Us being, even us being six rows away and being literally like the first ones closest to the team, though, I still, you're right. I, I don't get the same feeling. I don't get the same relationships that we did with like Kevon. And, and Johnny Boy. And plus, well, again, they were there for four years. But Kevon, Johnny Boy, uh, uh, Nate. Nate yeah. Like, we got to know them so well. Not only because they were there for four years. That helps. But because we were right there behind them. Yeah. Well, and, we, and then they... We could hear everything they said. And we could and, laugh with them and joke with them. And when the game was over, they would get to make their rounds high-fiving people and come over and, like, actually speak to us face-to-face and us, like, give them a yes. hug or a high-five or whatever. And we haven't gotten to have any of that. Building that rapport with these guys for four years. And yes, again, yeah. obviously, they've only been here for two years. And we've gotten to know David a little bit, you know, especially talk with his dad a lot on social media. Um, but really, honestly, he's the only one that, like, I would feel comfortable, like, walking messaging. up to and, yeah, or walking or, like, up to walk- and, like, interacting with. Yeah, like, walking to off the side of the road and be like, oh, hey, David, what's up? Because at least, like, we've had, like, that interaction a little bit. I don't right. think I could do that with Rati. I don't think I could do that with Cam. Maybe a little bit with Cam. Maybe. Well, yeah, with Cam we could. But yeah, some of the guys, I feel like they just wouldn't really know who we were. <laughs> or just be like, all right, you know, just come to the games. Cool, whatever. Bye. But at least, like, everybody else kind of, again, yeah. So yeah. anyway. All okay, right, so. but so that that rolls into the next one. And I, I, I kind of agree with um, you saying, Charlie, with your reasons for Charlie being the funniest, because most spirited, I put Charlie because he just gets so amped up on the bench when he's not in cheering for the other guys dancing around he really does anytime something good happens he's immediately up out of his seat like celebrating and he's like whipping his towel around and like (laughs) just acting a fool just acting a fool um so for me i just threw in like a little like wrench because i think it's funny but like the most spirited person on that bench is fucking cody the damn strength and conditioning coach. He does get very high no one, no one can deny this. I mean, he is the most spirited person. He's technically on the team. He's like, he's on the coaching roster. So he is the most spirited person. I don't care what the, is going on. We could be down 20 points. And that meant as soon as, as soon as it's a media timeout or a timeout's called, he's out of his chair. Clapping his ass off and saying, let's go! Yeah, he's very, I will agree with you, he's very spirited and involved and always has been. Because if you remember, not last season, but the season before, 
One game, we got a tech because of Cody because, because he because he left the bench and came onto the court when it seemed like one of the other player op- opponents was going to get into it with Shannon. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Anyway, and if you can recall, remember back to when we beat Baylor at Baylor with Shannon. Cody was one of the first people off the bench, <laughs> like running towards Shannon. To like grab him and like bear hug him. Yeah. Like one of the first people. Like he is a fr- he is a bullet. He is a bullet off that bench. But player wise, I'm going with Calvin because you don't know. Sometimes you don't see it, but when he's on the court, especially this past few games, he really turned it up the past last few games of the season. And man, he was getting very spirited and animated, especially in his face and his body language. Um, so player wise, I'm giving it to Calvin. But Charlie, for sure, but Cody, dude. Cody is wild. Wild, wild, he wild is. on that pitch. Wild. If you've never seen Cody, uh, again, he's the strength and conditioning coach. He sits on the very end of the bench with Chris, uh, the um, the head trainer. Wild. This kid, wild. I, I, you guys got to see this in person. Like, he is nuts. Yeah. All right, so uh, best sixth man. So we call this best sixth man, the best guy off the bench. Who are you going with? So I said Nigel, um, and I I think he just and we went over it in the stats. I don't remember all the numbers exactly. I'm not going to go back and fact check, but y'all remember the gist of it. Like uh, he got a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, his I, I want to say his uh, assist to turnover ratio was one of the higher ones. Um, Good point. Good and point. you know he scored more than I expected him to. I remember seeing that on one of them. Um, so I just I think he really did come in and he gave a lot of defensive help as well. Um, Agreed. So yeah, and I think especially seeing that we're probably going to have a little gap in the point guard area, I think he'll be helpful. Um, hopefully, trying to maybe trying to give some assistance into that role. Yeah. If we can't, if we can't, we can't talk. We don't know. If we can't talk David into coming back, we're going to need some. Some step up God. there. I don't. I mean, if I have to, if I have to, like chop off some limbs to like convince these people to stay, like. And I think I we will. should start some like social media campaigns. Something, something. Okay, so best six man for me, and again, this is really hard because we had a we had a really like good core of at least like three people who were just very good off the bench, like Charlie being one, Nana being the other, Nigel being the other. It was just really hard for me to choose between like Charlie or Nana, and I'm glad because you put again. We put these we put these on here before we even looked at the stats, so like we didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so I'm glad you put Nigel because then I was like, damn, Charlie or Nana can't choose Charlie or Nana, but I, I, Nana, I think for me has a little bit edge over Charlie, and I'll tell you why. For being so young, for being a friggin' freshman playing in big games like that Sam Houston game at home, at, at home and away doing as good as he did also with that block stat he yeah. had most blocks on the team yeah that that was good for me I mean he had some major blocks this season some really clutch blocks too so for me as much as I love Charlie Charlie love you buddy for me I think it kind of sways towards Nana just a little bit more for me um, okay, uh, let's go over these little fun ones real fast. So, best hair. Who do you got? So, I said David or Rati. That was a toss-up for me. They both have some really nice hair. They do have some nice locks. Uh, for me, it was uh, Nigel, because Nigel kept changing his hair. 
Remember, and you know what? I, like, I will agree with that towards the end of the season because at the beginning of the season, he had like the two little pieces that hung down on his forehead. And I was like, what is like, put that back with the rest of your hair. Like, I don't understand the two like. <laughs> I know. You kept getting irritated at that. And I was like, you know what? That's I was just, like, put it back with the rest. I just didn't get it. That's fashion. That's fashion. I guess. These uh, millennials, <laughs> I don't know. Or whatever. Oh, or whatever. Right. They're not millennials now, aren't they? What are they? Like Gen Z? No, no. These people aren't millennials now. No, they're like Gen, Gen Z. Z man. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, they will not. No, we are millennials. Absolutely. I'm no, out of the loop with my with my side part. If y'all could see me right now, I'm always rocking a side part. Always. At the moment, mine's kind of middle. Um, but I have very versatile hair. I could do side part. I could do middle part. I could do <laughs> no part. Wavy, wavy. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so best off-court style. I went with, and this was hard. We had to we had to do some Instagram stalking. Sorry, this sounds it sounds weird, but we had to because we didn't get to see a lot of their court style this season because again, COVID, and there really weren't a lot of pictures of yeah pre pregame, you know, into the tunnel, whatever. I went with Gaben. I went through his ins- again. This sounds so bad. This was for this was for research for this. Uh, <laughs> I went through his Instagram a little bit, and I saw some of his, you know, off court pictures with his with his clothes style. And I, I thought he hey he got the swag, he got the drip, whatever the youth say. Um, I liked it. That was good. Um, and I'm I'm somewhat relying on last season's style here because again, like Alex said, we just didn't get to see a whole lot of them like in street clothes and whatnot. But I, I went with Calvin because uh, I just remember a few of his outfits from last year when we actually had pictures of them like walking down the tunnel, mm-hmm. coming into the game and whatnot. And I, I feel like his style is kind of like his personality. It's just a little like quirky, and it's not just like yeah. It's very original, and you can tell that he, like, mixes things up and mix and match and, like, just does stuff that he that he likes or that expresses his personality rather than just, like, your run-of-the-mill, like, top and pants. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that's kind, of why, that's kind of a similar reason why I went David is because he had some he had some tops on his some, – some shirts and, like, button-ups and stuff that honestly made me think of Nathan Bain because – you know, Nate, he always yeah. had those wild, those wild, very vibrant print shirts, buttons yeah. and stuff. Gavin had a couple of those too. And I was just like, it has, it has a lot of, it has Nate Bane vibes to it. And I was yeah. just like, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, cool. So next one, best dunk of the year. So we had to kind of go back to and look at a couple old videos and things that SMA Athletics posted to kind of figure out what was our favorite uh, dunks of the year. So I, I wrote down two. So he doesn't do it often. He really doesn't. But Cam Cam had a dunk at home versus Lamar, and it was a absolute monster. Like I kind of think he put a couple people on post on that one. Um, it was it was pretty good. And again, that was a game that beat him by thirty points. Um, and then there was another another one that was a another monster. It was an alley oop from David to Nigel in the home game versus Corpus Christi. And it was a absolute disgusting alley-oop. And it was, it honestly, like, Nigel, when he came down from it, was the most pumped up I've ever seen that kid. In, in yeah. my, I mean, he literally did the, like, ah! like, he was, it was such a monster alley-oop. So those two were my favorite. 
That one was super awesome, and I do love, like, I love an alley-oop dunk more than anything. Like, Oh, nothing's better. An alley-oop dunk nothing's is better. way better than a fast-break dunk or just a, like, let me jump over y'all's heads dunk. Like, an alley-oop yeah, dunk is, because it, it takes a certain amount of technique and genocide quad to get off an alley-oop. Coordination, synchro- um, synchronicity, like. So that one's oh. awesome. But, so I, I picked one specific one, and then I kind of have a general overview on the other but uh so i for my gen i mean my specific one i said calvin at northwestern which again it like it, w- it was an awesome dunk it wasn't like an alley-oop or anything it wasn't the coolest dunk i've ever seen but again it's more because like i know he has it in him and i need to see it every game so that was my favorite because i was just so happy to finally see one um, I'm laughing so hard because I'm just remembering the botched the one. Dunk. Yeah, the botched dunk at Samuelson. <laughs> but he did make several during the season. And that's the only one that he, he did. botched. He but, did, but that botched dunk was just magnificent. Yeah, but that was my specific one. But then in general, man, Rati and Cam both had like several during the season where it was just like the most picturesque dunk, and I feel like we got so many like outtakes of great like either pictures or video of. Raw T and Cam dunking. Oh, totally, totally. Um, and then, so the last one we said best bench celebration, and so mine kind of tied into what Alex had said about Charlie. So for me, it was Charlie because I feel like he was just always celebrating on the bench, always. Oh, agreed. And it was hard for me to choose too uh, because I was going to put Charlie, and I'm glad you put Charlie because uh, you're right. His his celebrations on the bench were just perfect and just hilarious. Uh, but I wanted to throw in one last little thumbs up, and I can't wait to see this kid play next year because he's so great. I love Jalen so much, and Jalen, he was so consistent with his bench celebrations. It was always the same thing. It was the arrow from behind the back into the archer every time, every time, the, the, the arrow archer stick every time. It was awesome. I loved his celebrations, and I love how he was very interactive with the players, like, the whole time, the whole season. Um, he was always cheering them on, always involved, always helping. Um, so I, I think I, I love Jalen. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see him suit up and actually start playing some ball. Who knows? He could be the missing link that we need uh, next season to really kind of step things up. I... You know, there's rumblings that when he's on the court, that he's the best player on the court. So, can't wait. Can't wait to see see if that comes to fruition. Really can't wait to see it. Really can't. Really, really can't. All right. So we did a Twitter poll. We did a Twitter poll on obviously the Twitters to see who we thought the fan favorite was for the season, and we put all the players that are on the active roster that are currently on the roster listed on the roster on the poll, and it turned out. Gavin, congratulations. You are the fan favorite. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I know. Um, so we, we're going to talk about who we thought way too early predictions on who's staying and going, but we may save that for another time just because, you know, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot to go through, and plus we have more to talk about. But Yeah. Okay, let's do – We don't even know. Yeah, we, we don't. Um, let's do one more quick break, then we'll come back uh, – and do feats of strength, airing of grievances on just the season overview and our little wrap up. So yeah, stick good. around.
All right, and if you've hung with us for this long, we're now on segment four of four. Uh, we're going to cover feats of strength and airing of grievances just on the general whole of the season um, and kind of wrap it up and give you all a few little moving forward announcements. Um, so overall feats of strength. Uh, so our, our first one was both pretty similar. I just said that we even got to have a season. Um, we were just so grateful that we even even got to have one. Um, and I know Alex has a point that's kind of on the same the same note yeah, as that. Yeah, so pretty much my, my feats of strength, my first feat of strength, well, you know, again, not in any specific order here, is the fact that we you got to we got to have a season and that we got to just be in the stands. It's one thing to have a season. There's a lot of schools out there that have seasons or having seasons, but they have nobody in the stands, no fans, nothing whatsoever. So I'm very grateful. Feet of strength, happy, happy, happy that we even got to be in the fans to watch our guys in person, not only at home, but also away as well. So two thumbs way, way up for that. For sure. So another one that we absolutely 100% agreed on was alcohol delivered to <laughs> us in our seats. Uh, so y'all remember last season is the first season that they allowed the sale of alcohol in the, in the Coliseum, but you had to go to the one specific area and buy it and you had to either stand there or sit in that one specific section and drink it and then go back to your seat. But this season, not only could you drink it at your seat, you could order it and have it delivered to you at your seat. I mean, huge, huge. And then, you know, it's even... It's even better when we go and travel to other cities and other schools because then we get to see like what their kind of thing is like and the fact and we are we are spoiled with a T at the end. Spoiled because we went to other places. I mean like Lamar. Lamar had alcohol. Thank you very much. Wonderful, beautiful. But you had to go get it from the stands. And I know that's like such a first world problem, but <laughs> Having it delivered to your seat is just a next level. It's a game changer. Game changer. Game changer. So having it delivered to our seats is one. And first, again, you you can have all, you can have food or drinks or alcohol delivered to your seats, not just the alcohol part. So that was great. Um, And then we went to schools that didn't even have alcohol at all. And I was like, what kind of establishment is this? Right. Yeah. So Uh, we are spoiled. So, yeah. Okay, so uh, then one one of mine was that we had during this season, the one-year anniversary of the Duke win, and we got to do a little special episode with Nate. So that was really cool. Um, I love I that. I mean, we're going to live, yeah. live off that for the rest of our lives, but it really was. Literally. It was very cool. as long as we live. And, you know, last year, of course, you all know, unless you're a new listener and you've just been under a rock, that Alex and I went and were at that game. <laughs> Um, but even though we were there, you know, like after, as soon as the game was over, well, I mean, my dad and I were texting the whole time, which that's nothing new, but as soon as it was over, he was like, I, I recorded it and we can watch it a hundred times if we want. And I was like, yes, we're going to watch it when I get back. So as soon as I got back on Thanksgiving day, we watched it and then we were like, we're going to start doing this every year. And so this past year on Thanksgiving, we watched Watch the game again. It's our new Thanksgiving tradition. And that's um, so funny that it's yours because I'm pretty sure that's ours as well. Because my my mom and them, they recorded it as well. We got back on the day before Thanksgiving and we watched it that day. And then my brother and them, they came on Thanksgiving and we watched it again that day. So, like, 
Yeah. That's just so funny how that's going to be like our Thanksgiving tradition now. Is it should be any SFA alums Thanksgiving tradition. Like it should be, it should be. And I'm going to be so pissed off when I move. And if I, it messes up my recordings because I don't know if I can like watch it somewhere else. I, it's going to be gone. I'm going to have to figure out how to get it back recorded. Well, you, you can watch it on, it's still like on the, um, or I think it's on, it's either on YouTube or like on the ESPN app. You can still find it. I hope so. I really do because. Cause I've, I've watched it here at my place, like, um, like through a streaming service and I just can't remember which one it was. It was either on, okay, you, I think it, I think it's on YouTube actually. Okay. I, ho- I hope so because when we move this, whenever we move this summer, it's most likely going to get del- uh, taken off, deleted. Right. So yeah, I'll, I'll check, <laughs> I so. but I, I watched it through some streaming service. Okay. Um, All right. So my, my so, fourth or my third uh, point. Okay. Oh, did you want to finish yours? Well, yeah. Cause, cause my next two, we both kind of aligned on. Um, oh, okay. Go ahead. So my next one was that even though it was COVID, the like the one like we said earlier, the one silver lining was that we took advantage of working remotely and made some some weeknight road games. Um, yes. So totally, and that was basically one of mine as well. Is that we were able to enjoy three road trips total when it easily could have been zero road trips. It could have been no road trips. Yeah. Could have been you have to watch from home every single game, and that would have been so boring. So. Bleh. Also, I want to get a quick shout-out back to the whole getting drinks delivered to our seats. Shout-out to our favorite delivery boys, Jaden and Clay. Shout-out to them for bringing our beers very quickly and promptly and always taking care of us with a smile. Y'all are the real MVPs, really. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Um, And then my last one was just, I think the last one of the season at Sam was just such a great way to end a completely shitty like season because of COVID and losing all the games and and just really to battle back and you know our our guys had a had a tough season and everyone did because of COVID but then you know we also decided to take our postseason ban and so mm-hmm. they could have easily just rolled over and been done at, at that point because um, they didn't have anything like tangible to play for as far as postseason um, but they didn't they came back better than ever and that was one of our better games. Um, <clears throat> So I know Alex has more to expand on that, but yeah. So I I put on mine that we stuck together through a really hard guest season. You know, really proud of them. Very similar to what Jacqueline says is it was a shitty season. It was with COVID. We lost games. You know, we had to stop. You know, once and we lost literally four home games in a row, which I'll talk about down in the grievance. Um, you know, and it was just really proud of them. They could have easily just been like, you know what, hang the hat, middle of the season, when they found out that we had our postseason ban, not this year, or not next season, but this season, move back to this season. They could have been just like, all right, well, cool, we done, and just literally, like, phoned in the rest of the season. And they didn't. They didn't. And they stuck through it. They they played their hearts out, literally. Um, so i just really proud of them. And uh, so my last, last one is – probably the most exciting one is the whack move like right there smack dab in the middle of the season we found out that the whole whack rumor was actually not a rumor that it's factual that we're moving and i was like hell yeah sayonara southland conference miss you never so excited huge feats of strength huge plus so excited and i think within that feat of strength also reminding us that the <laughs> 
the end. The, the conference tourney is in Vegas. <laughs> Just the best part of it all. Like, I am so It's going to be wild. Well, like, I'm so excited for this. Like, you don't even understand. Like, I've already started, like, looking at, like, hotels we can stay at. And, like, I, I went and looked to see where exactly the Orleans Arena is in comparison to other hotels. And it's, like, right down the road from the New York, New York. Like, we could fucking walk there. Like, it's great. Like, I'm like, let's go, baby. And, like, I already looked. And, like, New York, New York has, like, five or six different suites. We could totally do a suite. If we have more people coming with us, we could totally do, like, a regular. Uh, I mean, we could even stay at the, the Orleans if we don't want to stay on the, on, stay on the strip one year. Um, and just, you know, be there and then just go crazy on the strip. And then I have a feeling we're going to be late to some of these games we're not going to want to walk or you know Uber down to the, to the Orleans. We're going to be rolling in five minutes after the game starts looking like freaking hot messes. I, it's going to be great. It's, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath and I am so ready for it. Like, I think so that ready. will be the time that we should start some type of YouTube channel because some of y'all might, some of y'all might want to see our antics. Um, our future employers might not, but nope. <laughs> we're gonna have to change the privacy setting on this YouTube channel to absolute private, and that's even possible. Like, or make or make these videos unlisted so only certain people can see them. Because there ain't no way I ain't getting fired over this shit. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be wild. Anyway, so for the last time this season. Let's talk about it. With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You. All right. You. <laughs> you. Grievances. We still have them. And when I say we still have them, we actually have a nice healthy list. So my first grievance is probably the biggest grievance of them all. And, uh, oh, what is that? What? Did you hear that? Oh, what is Mama Tim oh, saying no. in the background? No, it was a YouTube. It was oh. my YouTube. I thought I closed it out and it started playing other things. And I'm like, oh, oh. God, what is that? Sorry. Um, okay, so back to grievances. First of all, COVID sucks. That is my main grievance. There was a lot of stuff that we couldn't do, a lot of things that were just weird, a lot of things that just didn't feel the same, obviously, because of COVID. Had less people in the stands because of COVID. Couldn't sit behind the bench because of COVID. Couldn't go to a lot of the games we probably would have gone to because of COVID. Um, our one game versus Kansas City, or Kansas, not Kansas City, I'm sorry, was canceled or because most likely of COVID reasons and the schedule got effed up. We lost three games at the very beginning of the season because of, you guessed it, COVID. We lost four home games, and this goes into another one of my grievances. We lost four home games in a row, four in a row because of COVID, and then a fifth home game because of COVID. Not necessarily us, but other team, COVID. We lost a total of eight, like we talked about earlier, because of COVID. Uh, Ridiculous. COVID sucks. COVID sucks. Okay. Uh, let's see. Another grievance is the fact that we lost to ACU at the last second of senior night. Shitty. Uh, stinks. 
Another grievance is the fact that Nichols had an extremely cupcake season and won the title outright. Literally two middle fingers up to the sky because of that. Ridiculous. Grievance. Very upset. And my last one, not unless it has to do with me or the team, but my mom and dad both bought season tickets for the games. My mom came pretty much majority of the time, but dad really couldn't go because of the construction because he cannot walk that far. Normally, there'd be someone driving a cart, taking them basically to the door up the hill. Dad just, you know, he's handicapped. He, he can't walk that far. He can't walk up that hill. He can't do it. So he couldn't go to any of the games, basically. He went to one game. So that stings for him. He was a, he had to watch it at home every time. Yeah, that was a bummer. Um, so several of mine went, went off the whole COVID shtick as well because uh, even though, like we said, we were so happy to even have a season and we were so Grateful. happy to be able to come sit in the stadium and have fans not not gonna like throw a pity party but i'm just saying if i have to name a grievance like it did suck that we didn't have our normal seats and again like we've said like not being a diva but we we like sitting there because we get to interact more with the players and and that's that's how we really got to know a lot of the players better and just it's just a different atmosphere and interaction and engagement with the game when you get to sit behind them and you you hear and you get to see kind of the camaraderie that they have amongst themselves and after a game get to you know give them a high five or a hug and handshakes and and high fives celebrate celebrate their wins with them and then at the same time like Alex and I talked about the other day I think on the podcast uh not last season but the season before whenever we lost our last home game and we knew we weren't making Katie and you know, Nate was just already in tears by the time he got around to us and, you know, mm-hmm. get to still give him a big hug and be like, you know, you're awesome. You have another year left. Like, can't wait to see it, whatever. Um, and we just missed out on all of those because we didn't get to didn't get to sit where we normally were. So, you know, hopefully next season that won't be an issue. And, and that's what I'm saying. And, and I totally agree. I'm glad you mentioned that you know, specifically, and, and yeah, it's not being divas. It's like, first of all, A, we run a freaking basketball podcast, so it kind of helps being that close because we get to, you, you're right, interact with the team and interact with, like, you know, have a little chit-chat conversations with them, but also the fact that we get to see and hear things at a different level, um, so we have more stuff to talk about on the podcast. And also because, yeah, we, we, like, we like the guys. We want to get to know them. We think that they are very fun and interesting people and plus we do like the handshakes and high fives and we do i would have i would have given anything to go out on that court and give freaking gaben a hug after the last game because he was distraught i i I just felt so bad for that poor kid i swear to god and it has and again this is nothing like untoward or weird it's like oh god you like the boys and no no it has nothing to do with that like we just we we feel like we you know have a relationship or a kinship with them because again we love basketball we love the team we love the school has nothing kind of weird to do with it yeah and it's it, it's it just sucks yeah it's just that support factor and so that goes to my next one is that the reduced capacity and again so glad we even got to have games and then we yep, even got yep. to have fans at all but since Praise. we had reduced capacity which again we understand covid like that's the that was the only option was to do reduced capacity it was the only option so yeah. I'm, not complaining there. I'm just saying it was sad 
that the guys didn't get to feel the support of like playing in front of a full house and a bunch of fans because that's a big deal, you know? Um, and Ryan Ivy has talked about it before in different things when, when he tries to push and encourage people to come to the games is that he's like, you know, coming as a student athlete myself, like there's nothing more uplifting than playing in front, in front of a lot of fans. And there's nothing more like discouraging than not playing in front of anyone. Um, and so, you know, and some of those guys, like for the seniors, that was their last year. So they didn't get to feel the like warmth and support of having a bunch of fans their last game. And then for the guys that, that that's their first time playing college basketball, like, you know, most of them probably played at high schools where they had more people at the games than we got to have at the games. So it's, it's just sad. I'm not saying it was yeah. avoidable by any means, but um, it's right. just kind of a bummer. Well, and, you know, it's just it's, – because when you compare previous season to, you know, like the Sam Houston game, for example, I mean, that game is packed every time, every time. And when you come out of those – freaking tunnel and you see the stands absolutely jam-packed full of purple and white you're like oh shit like let's go like it just gives you that juice that energy flowing through your veins and you know and when and obviously yes they when you run out and they see the stands half packed uh during a normal season it stinks but obviously during this season they hopefully in their heads told themselves like okay, like this is, this is technically a full house because we couldn't have a full house. So hopefully, hopefully they understood that. I mean, I would hope so, but I mean, it does stink. Reduce capacity again, praise. Thank you. Thank you for letting us come into the games and be there. But yeah, it's, it's a big change. I mean, we had home court advantage, home court advantage is such a big thing. And honestly, it could have been the difference on that ACU game at home this year, the senior night, where if yeah. we would have had a home court advantage, we had more people in there yelling, screaming, cheering. That could have been the juice, the little like factor we needed to maybe win that game. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, so or at least help, not necessarily win it, like at yeah. least help, because again, you got to make the free throws. That has nothing to do with it, but at least get the juice flowing. So. So my next one is the postseason ban, and there there are a couple of different layers on this one because I I will say Alex and I talked about this earlier, and this this is really the first opportunity we've had to mention it on this podcast episode, even though we've gone like two something hours. But um, I actually do agree <laughs> that this was the best season for us to take the postseason ban as opposed to next season, um, because our our seniors do have because you have to weigh out a couple of things, you know, like. Of course, yes, it sucks that the seniors for their senior year didn't get to play um, for any kind of postseason spot. However, because of the COVID situation, they all have an extra year of eligibility if they so choose to take it. So that kind of of outweighs that because they do have the opportunity to come back if they want. I understand not everyone can, like, put their lives on hold to go to school another year. They may not want to. They may be so over it, whatever. But they do have that opportunity. If they feel like they missed out, they can come back. Um, but then you've got to look at like recruiting wise, it's going to really help us that we took it this year because when we're trying to recruit kids to come going and telling a recruit, yeah, well, the first year you come play for us, we're not going to have any, any kind of postseason chance at all. That's kind of a damper Mm -hmm. on, on trying to get a recruit to come. Whereas, like I said, it sucks that it happened these guys senior year, but they do have an opportunity to come back if they so choose. Um, 
Yeah. And then because of COVID, like we've said, listen, this whole season we've been rolling the dice on every game, if we're even going to get to play or not. And now, y'all see, now that we're getting into all these conference tournaments, uh, first Duke out of their conference tournament because they tested positive, which, which here's the thing. Unfortunately, this is probably like the first year in God knows how many years that they really needed to win the ACC tournament to get that automatic bid because I don't think they're going to be waiting for the call on that at-large bid. Like, it's just not going to happen for them this season. I don't think so either, which so, is just wild to say that Duke isn't even going to yeah. be there so they're So they're done. Uh, that's out. Uh, Virginia got a positive test. And then literally today, Kansas – Got a positive test, which Kansas will get an at-large bid. They're fine. They didn't need to win the Big 12, but they're they're going to have to stay put where they are and keep keep testing daily by the NCAA rules. So, anyway, my, my long-winded point is that with COVID, no one knows what's going to happen. And like we said, once once they get into the tournament, if somebody tests positive, like, you're just out. There's no, there's no redos. There's no postponing the game and making it up a week later or later on in the season. And so there's just so much unknowns going into it that who the heck knows? Who the heck knows? So anyway, so my, my point to say, I do think that we chose the right season to take it, but just having to take a postseason ban in any circumstance sucks because more especially none of these guys and none of the coaches we have now were here when when the circumstances that led to the postseason ban occurred. <laughs> so it's, exactly. So it's just not fair, and it sucks, and I it's hate not, it. It um, does. It does. But at the same time, like, it's almost like a, it's one of those weird silver linings again where it's like I would prefer I'm, – I'm, it sucks to say it. It's like I'm glad we are taking the postseason ban, the fact that we have one now. A lot of people were so confused as to why we got it switched from next season to this season. I'm like, well, A, why the hell would you want to go into a new conference – with a postseason ban, like, what's the point of that? Like, you're literally going to have this new fun conference and have all these different opportunities and then not even be able to go to, like, the postseason in the first year that you're in the conference? Like, what if you run the freaking gamut and then you can't even go – I mean, you're the best team in your division or whatever and you can't even go to the postseason to the to the damn tournament in Vegas. Like, fucking goddamn. Anyway, so – and also the fact that – Again, look, who the hell – we could go into the KD tournament and say we were going, right, and, and be like, what, like a four seed or something and then win and then have it all, again, slipped from, but you know, out from under our feet like it was last season and then not even get to even go to the dance. So uh, you're literally, right. like Jacqueline said, like totally rolling the dice. It's a crapshoot at this point. One of your best teams could get boned out here because of COVID, you know, so – Honestly, we're we're looking pretty good right now, sitting high and pretty at the moment. Yeah, we look pretty smart. We're look, we're gonna look smarter and smarter as it goes on because it's gonna happen to more more teams than that. Um, yeah. So all you people bitching about it, shut yeah. up. Uh, then of course, obviously, I thousand percent agree on Nichols and that schedule was just. I mean, Cupcake. I don't know who came up with that schedule or who thought that was a good idea, and it's just. I under I don't know I mean I guess I don't I guess I do understand but I don't understand like there's just got to be a better way of I don't know because I understand there I understand there are certain teams that we don't that we don't play every season but I I feel like some of the other teams and I know it would affect the scoring in a much bigger picture and obviously if it was that simple they would do what I'm saying but I feel like some of the teams that we play twice we should only play once so that we can at least play everybody one time. Um, Correct. 
But anyhow, obviously it's more complicated than just that. But I, I feel like they got to do they got to do something different because the way that it the way that it shook out this season was just not fair. Um, it just really I, was. It was not representative. The out the outright champion was not representative of who was actually in the conference. Um, no, and all I have to say on that, the last thing I'll ever say to that is, A, first of all, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that ever again. See you later, Nichols. Peace out. Uh, secondly, uh, have fun being the top team in a mediocre conference. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. You can have right. it now. You can um, have it, babe. And then my last one is just Jalen being out injured because of all the all yeah, the hype that we've heard about him. And, you know, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, it was like, oh, it's just a minor injury. He'll be right back in it. It's only going to be a few weeks or whatever. Um, that is what we were told in the very beginning. But, God. you know, hopefully next season he'll be back in action and, and we'll be ready to need, need him um, if we're losing all these five seniors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we shall see. Completely. Stay tuned on that one. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. Just a few couple last reminders here before we end the, the podcast. Our season wrap up is again, don't forget about the my plates. When you buy a five year personalized purple SFA my plate um, from myplates.com, SFA Athletics takes in almost $250 from that per- per- purchase, not porpoise. Jesus, Lord have mercy. We've been talking for too long. SFA makes great money on every type of SFA, SFA plate. Even the one-year background only, which is only 50 bucks. Again, very low commitment for you commitment folks out there. Uh, once you own an SFA plate, keep it where when you can renew, SFA Athletics gets 95% of that fee. So, again, if you renew that five-year plate, that's almost $400. That's such a good deal. Such an easy way to support your Lumberjacks. Again, as a reminder, there are one-year, three-year, five-year terms. Plates can be moved from vehicle to vehicle. It's easy to purchase. If you have an old plate, SFA plate, with the red lettering around the logo or a white one, you can easily move it over to the new SFA purple plate, just a small fee. Um, If you already have a My Plate, just not an SFA purple plate, you can get that moved over for a small fee. And then if it's too expensive, you want to get that five-year term, and you don't really feel like dishing out 500 bucks, you can pay it over five months, and boom, your plates are ordered and good to go. So, as a reminder again, you can go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks and you can get a $50 rebate. And that's really funny because this is exactly the conversation that I've been having on the if you went to SFA or you knew you know you went to SFA when group, someone posted their MyPlate message yeah. on there and I posted our picture and then I've been on there basically doing like putting the different things about my plates online. Like, hey, did you know that when you support my plates, <laughs> that SFA gets money? So if you do not have a my plate, you can totally order your my plates. And I was like, public people posted their old ones, and I was like, did you know that, that you can you update new, that you can update it to the new purple plate for just a small fee? <laughs> I swear, I just need to, Sean. You just need to hire me. Yeah, Sean, I, we're, I, I we're out here working for you. I mean, legit, I mean, I mean, you got a job opening somewhere in marketing or like in advertising or communicate. Hey, I'm your girl. Let's go. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So lastly, there was just a few random comments that I saw on uh, Twitter that I think would be fun, kind of fun to talk about. So as we know, if you're listening currently last night, Lamar upset Sam Houston in a very, very last minute fashion. So again, we kind of <laughs> we feel on that. 
So uh, now that Sam Houston is out of the running for conference champion uh, or tournament champion, who are we wanting to win? Um, hold on, I'm pulling it up. What are our choices, oh. Lamar? Okay, so Lamar, ACU, Northwestern. Um, okay, so hell no to Nichols. I think there's one other. Hell no to Nichols, obviously. We don't want Nichols yeah, to Nichols, win. Yeah, sorry. So I think it's Lamar, ACU, Northwestern, and Nichols, yeah. I think, are the two, four teams that are playing tonight, I, I believe. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna have to evenly pull for either Northwestern or Abilene because at least – Ab- Abilene, I mean, they did make it the not last year, but the previous season, the last season that March Madness actually happened, which was their first time in school history. And they, I feel like they have the best team. Let me say that. ACU, I feel okay. like, has the best yes. team. Um, and they do have two assistant coaches on staff, one of whom used to be an assistant coach at SFA and one of whom is Antonio Bostic, who used to play for SFA. So I would be happy if they made it. I would also pull for Northwestern just – since, you know, my girl Danielle went there, and it, that's a little nostalgia. An actual there Southland. Are sister school, yeah, sister city. And a Southland yeah. team that will still be in the Southland. But as far as right. the best team, I think it should be ACU. And that's really hard for me to say that I'm cheering for ACU because I was cheering for Sam. I was because, you know, we beat Sam both times. So I was like, you know what? Like, I have no bitterness toward them other than the fact that they're just our rival. Yeah. That's it. Um, they didn't do anything to us. They didn't last minute beat us on senior night. So that's why I was like, I just don't, I, I know ACU has the, almost the, pretty much the best team in the conference, you know, n- not the conference standings are obviously important at the moment because Nichols, y'all know. So, but I just, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, ACU seeing as how, what they, they did us dirty that last time and beat us twice. So it's kind of hard for me to cheer for them, even though I know that they have, the best team in the conference. We'll just have to see how it shakes out tonight and see who wins and then kind of go from there. I'm pulling for Northwestern as well. Actually, I'm kind of pulling for for Lamar with the upset tonight. I really am. So uh, Northwestern plays tonight versus Nichols at five. So I'm hoping for the upset there. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah. What a total, like, embarrassment that would be if they they beat them. Yeah. Like, mm, love it. And then Lamar plays ACU tonight at 8. So, fingers crossed. I'm pretty sure these games are both on ESPN+. Plus. Um, yeah, they are. Okay, yeah. So, guys can tune in. So, fingers crossed. So, yeah, that actually is – we're recording right now. It is 4.54. So, that Nichols-Northwestern uh, game should be coming on soon. So, as soon as we're done recording, I may pop – I may put that on. Same. Um, yeah, so, we'll see how it shakes out tonight, and then we'll see who we're going to put our – are way behind tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna, so there's that. I'm going to say I'll be saltier if Lamar wins than Abilene Christian because at least Abilene Christian, like I can say they deserve to beat us, and I feel like they are a, they can be a better team than us. Lamar can never be a better okay. team than us. Like, okay. no way I they should have beat us. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, that kind of also goes along the fact where – I put that on Twitter, and I was like, oh, man, who do we want to win? Lamar, ACU, Northwestern, thoughts. And uh, DDT Woodlands, our boy, (laughs) he said Abilene, dot, 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 dot. I was like, unfortunately, they may do it. Kind of root for Northwestern and now upset everyone. And he said that could be fun, a total embarrassment for the Southland Conference. Northwestern would be the play-in game, which is likely indicative of the future of the Southland. The next four or five years, every year. 
play in game. Good job, Burnett. That is true. Don't disagree with Very you, Dennis. True. Don't disagree with that at all. Uh, let me just check and make sure that there aren't any more random comments. Uh, Sean Kennedy said ACU and for them and for them then to not be destroyed again in the NCAA tourney. How about that whack now? That's what Sean Kennedy said about that comment too. Um, well, and- when you when you when your draw is Kentucky, it's not looking good for you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot that that's who they played. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh I fo- Oh my god. I totally forgot that's who they played. Oh yeah. My god. I mean, <laughs> holy crap. That's just so fucking funny. Um, let's see here. I think that was pretty much it. Oh, of course, John Petrotoy said Southland Conference refs suck. That was an iffy call with the Sam Houston game. He said it would have been better to see Sam Houston lose an OT. So there's what he said there. <laughs> not going not gonna to disagree, disagree with that as well either. Um, let's see. Let's see. I think that was it when it comes to fan comments so far. Um, yeah. So we are caught up. We are caught up on that. All right, so last things last. Let's go, ladies. I hope you beat the Sugar Bears tomorrow, and we will see you on Sunday in the Katie's, which I have I have no doubt they're going to whoop their ass tomorrow. So, But knock on wood anyway. Yeah. Knock on wood anyway. All right, guys, so that is the end of our season wrap-up. I hope you've stuck around so far. If you have, I mean, big old cookie to you because this was a long one. <laughs> There was a lot to talk about, a lot to go over, all the stats, all the all the good, all the bad, all the everything. And so there was a lot to chit-chat about. Um, again, we love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us all season. Uh, but don't forget, keep listening. Keep keeping track of us. We're not 100% done for the season yet before the summer hits. We're still going to have a couple more podcasts coming up soon here um, within the next few weeks. And so stick around. Don't take your uh, Spotify or your, your podcast off your, off your phone yet. Cause of course we're the only podcast you listen to. Right. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, so again, thank you so much. It was a hell of a season, a wild season. Uh, I just cannot wait for the future of the team. Cannot wait for the whack next season. It'll be really interesting to see again. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, how the schedule rolls out, how the divisions roll out how just how everything's going to happen you know yeah. this is a whole new whole new event for us this is a whole new game whole new ball game so it's gonna it's, it's gonna be interesting it's, it's gonna get wacky I, it's gonna get it wacky. is it is i can't wait we'll see we will see all right guys thank you so much again part me alex your only source for lumberjack basketball and as always axe and jacks with alex and jacks <laughs>